everybody. Today is the day. It is episode three of Keen Gamer's official podcast, The Keen Cast. Today, I'm your host, Sean Rabine. I've been so graciously given the duties by our gracious friend, Dave Lazota. Dave, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing super. And I'm also joined, of course, by the illustrious Tim Ronan. Tim, say hi. Hi. I'm illustrious now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right. So <clears throat> today we're going to be talking about some news articles. We're going to be talking about our big topic of the day. Uh, but first, let's start off. Let's just see how everyone's week has gone and just sort of catch up with each other. So, uh, Tim, why don't you get us started? What did you do this week? What did you watch? What did you play? How did things go? Well, I finally I finally gave in, and I've become more culturally enlightened. I've, I went and saw uh, Endgame, finally. Oh. Indeed. How was that? Uh, pretty good. I mean, I think... I think we kind of knew what was going to happen. It seemed like, mm-hmm. you know, pretty predictable in terms of where they were going to go. But I, I didn't really anticipate how they were going to get there. But so, I liked it. Yeah, I've seen it too. It's a very enjoyable film. Didn't like it as much as Infinity War, but as a capstone at the end of this twenty-plus movie over a decade-long journey, I thought it was fitting i guess yeah 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 and i feel like it has a lot of those very fan-centric moments that like as a fan Mm -hmm. or someone who's seen a lot of these movies i went whoa like i really wanted to see this and you know Mm -hmm. they kind of it kind of paid off so oh definitely anything else going on for your week uh tim uh i guess uh well, so I got a new I got a new desktop PC. So I've been uh, exploring some different games I've been able to play, and one of those I've been playing is uh, Destiny Two. Recently, I think I oh cool. I think it was like available for free a few months back, and I picked it up at the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I knew I wouldn't be able to play it then, but I figured, well, just you know, it's free, be able to play mm-hmm. it eventually. So I'm glad I did that because I've been playing that for like the past week or so having a good time with that it's a really fun game it feels good to shoot things at the very base oh absolutely yeah absolutely they know how to do their like gunplay and whatnot mm-hmm. exactly david have you touched uh destiny 2 before i have never played that game i've never played a destiny game they are not interesting to me at all <laughs> sorry <laughs> sorry no <laughs> that's understandable honestly no, yeah. it's fine it's not for everybody yeah so, Tim, if you're done with your week, uh, David, how did your week go? What did you do? What did you watch? What did you play? I uh, did not play anything. I did not really watch anything either. I I, I don't really have a lot of time. I mean, I, I think I've I've mentioned this before on other, you know, on, on our other show, and you know, in previous episodes. Like, I, I don't really have a lot of time during the week because I work two two jobs. I did. See, yeah, I mean, like th- something, nothing that's relevant to you know to gaming or anything or, or nerd culture. Like I'm watching like interior design shows with my wife, <laughs> <laughs> so definitely not relevant here. Uh, yeah, so that that's really it for me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, spending time with the wife—that's not bad. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, clearly, of the three of us, I have the least amount of life because I played and watched several things. Um, first thing I played this week is I played Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, which came out on the Switch uh, last Friday, I believe. Uh, I've been, I played yeah, through that, so. beat that. Um, it's definitely better than Marvel Ultimate Alliance 2. I don't know if I like it more than Marvel Ultimate Alliance 1. Uh, because the first game was pretty much Marvel in a Baldur's Gate setting. You created the team, they all had their different abilities, and there was gear you could get. You could level up, you could equip your characters with different items to increase their stats. Uh, bosses and missions and quests, and it's just a grand thing. Marvel Ultimate Alliance, you still make a team of four people, you could still raise your stats, get your abilities, uh, but in terms of gear, you don't really have, like, I picked up this necklace, or I picked up this pair of boots. It's ISO 8, which are just these little colored crystals. And they've mm-hmm. been in a lot of recent Marvel games. I don't know why they keep pushing it. And they serve the same function. They're just not as interesting, I guess. Um, it definitely took some getting used to, though. Because this game looks like a button masher. It is not a button masher. If you go into this game just hitting attack button and expecting to win, you're going to lose. you got to go in there with a the strategy. you got to plan things out. Because other thing, otherwise, people are just going to roll right over you. Unless you play on easy, and then you'll be fine. Mm. But overall, I enjoyed it. Great roster list. they got a whole bunch of content coming. Uh, I think someone did some data mining, and they found that there might be upwards of 49 DLC characters play, uh, planned. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot. <laughs> um, other than that, I played a game for review, uh, Ion Fury, which used to be called Ion Maiden. I played through that. It's sort of a old school send up of like Duke Nukem and Blood games. Can't say much about that. I'm gonna save it for review. That'll be next month. But if you liked the Duke Nukem games from like Duke Nukem 3D, maybe look into Ion Fury and you know, hmm. worth your time. Uh, in terms of thing I watched, I am continuing to watch Legion, uh, which is a show on FX about it's sort of a uh, about the mutants from the X Men, but one mutant in particular, uh, the titular Legion, who is a telepath, telekinetic, but he also might have schizophrenia, and that kind of screws with his perception of things. But it's just a really, really cool show. Um, yeah, I I see ads for that here mm-hmm. in in NYC, and it's really colorful. Like they have like all these different characters, and it's all like rendered in cartoon. I mean, it's, I know it's not a cartoon. I know it's live action, right? But it it, it seems very inviting. It seems very imaginative, I, I suppose. And it is very inviting with how cool it is. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people get turned off by how confusing it can be. Like, half oh, the time I'm like, this is a really cool thing that's happening. I have no idea what's happening. But it's really, <laughs> I'm, I'm just happy to be along for the ride. It's really cool. Right. Um, mm. But basically, yeah, it's about this guy who has all these powers. But he also has schizophrenia and possibly other mental ailments that are kind of affecting his perception and affecting his powers. Uh, but it's incredibly cool. Probably the, by far the coolest superhero uh, adaptation you could see um, it's definitely not for everyone but I suggest everyone gives it a shot uh, 
one of the mo- hmm. things I most appreciate is that it's a show about a telepath telekinetic who is also his main antagonist is another telepath telekinetic. And wow. so how do you show a fight between those two? Do you just show them kind of staring at each other? Or do you do like the hmm. movie route where they're like they pick up giant rocks and throw it at each other? And the show creator said, no, we don't want to do the latter. And we don't really want to do the former. Right. But the former makes more sense. So instead, they're going to be staring at each other. But other stuff is going to be happening around them to sort of represent what the battle is going on is like, you know. You know Interesting. Maybe they're fighting each other. They're wrestling. And then one guy gets a samurai sword. The other guy pulls out a tank. And it kind of goes back and forth like this. And it's just a really cool show. Highly recommend. It's made by Noah Howley. He made the Fargo TV series. Which oh. is um, the best TV series on television ever. Yes, I'm including Breaking Bad. Yes, I'm including The Wire, so don't start with me. It's better than both <laughs> of those. It's an amazing show. I love the movie, Fargo. It was really good. It Yeah, the, the, the series is somewhat like that in sort of a dark comedy involving crime. Uh, but it's right. incredibly well, wit- real, bleh, well written. <clears throat> right, and each right. season is its own self-contained story. Uh, so it has a very so even if it got canceled prematurely in terms of its series run, you could be like, okay, well I can still get the beginning, middle, and end of the story at the very least. Right. Mm. I, uh, I always wanted to look into Fargo, never got a chance because I, I did hear a lot of good things about it, and I liked the movie. So, mm-hmm. you know, it it always something that always, you know, I was always interested in, but I I never had a chance. Yeah. Good to know yeah. that it's actually really good. It's 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 really good. I highly recommend it. Again, like Legion, I recommend it to everyone. But unlike Legion, I'm pretty sure anyone who gets interested in it will like it. In fact, they might be pleasantly surprised by how much they like it more than they thought. Mm. Um, and finally, uh, I watched started watching The Boys, which premiered uh, yesterday on or on Friday on Amazon Prime which is an adaptation of the comic book series of the same name. Um, David, Tim, do you guys, are you familiar with The Boys at all? I, I know about it, I, I, but that's really it. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I've, I've, I've seen it places, I've seen like, there's a giant ad outside of my job, and mm. I see it, so I see it like every day, but I, I don't know anything about it, no. Yeah, I've seen ads for it here and there, but yeah, I don't, I don't know much about it either. Well, the basic premise is that the boys is set in a world where they all they have superheroes. The superheroes have been somewhat uh, privatized and commercialized. Um, oh. So they're all sort of under this. Um, most of them are under this umbrella of this company that sort of licenses licenses them out, sells toys and movies and music and all that stuff about them. And behind closed doors, sort of trades them like like sports players like. Hey, Baltimore really needs this hero. Let's trade him in for the hero you got now. Um, the main thrust, however, is that the the main superheroes, the Seven, which are a parallel of DC's Justice League. So you got your Superman, your Wonder Woman, your Batman, your Aquaman types. They're all sociopaths. They're terrible people. Narcissists, uh-huh. sociopaths, uh, schizophrenics, just violent tendencies. But they've been told their whole life that they're gods and they're awesome, and this company protects them, whatever they do, despite all the horrible things they do. And so where the titular boys come in, it's this group of people who are kind of tired of these superheroes doing whatever they want, 
and they're sort of there to quote unquote punish them. Um, I've huh. I read the comic series and it was really really cool. Possibly more gory than it needed to be, but that's how Garth Ennis rolls. Um, but very cool. Love the concepts. So far, the main series has the same characters, the same locations, but some of the events are different from the comic book. Hmm. If they hit the same major events, that's fine, but how they get there is it's way different from the comic book, which is... I haven't decided if I like or not, so we'll see how it goes out. I like that premise. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, it reminds me of um, a game that's coming out soon by Obsidian, the the Outer Worlds, where mm-hmm. it's like all these planets have been colonialized by like private companies and stuff like that. I like right. how these a lot of a lot of like media now is exploring like what would happen if companies had their hands on, you know, things that you wouldn't normally imagine companies getting their hands on. You know you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it, it's it's an interesting take on on things and like economy and stuff like that and so it's it's a very neat show so far. If you can't wait and you wanna read the comic book, it's out there. It's <clears throat> I don't know how long it was. I think it be like eighty issues or something like that. Mm. Um mm. a very cool series, very bloody, very intense. So don't go in there thinking, Oh, this will be like a a fun Spider-Man story. No, it's, <laughs> it's a little bit more uh, grim than that. Right. Um, but yeah, so that was my week. Uh, anything else, cool. David, Tim, from your weeks that you wanted to bring up? Uh, actually, you know, I, I just remembered I saw... I, I haven't finished Stranger Things 3, hmm. but I saw like an episode 2 or more. I, I think I'm like up to uh, like the 6th or 5th or 6th. And it's just when uh, I won't spoil it because people maybe people here haven't seen it. I don't know why you haven't seen. it. I'm like the slowest person ever when it comes to watching Netflix shows. But yeah, I I I caught a little bit caught up there. It, it's kind of good. Like I I I like it. It, it isn't. I don't know. I, I like again. I think I like the world more than I like the everything else about Stranger mm-hmm. Things. I, it, it just seems like I, I don't know. Like the characters are kind of hokey to me. Like some some of them are kind of hokey. Some of them are fine. I, and I, I like the world. Like in I think this is what the seventies or the eighties. So I kind of like in the eighties, right? So I, I like how you know they're going to arcades or like they're they're you know playing with their whatever their NESs or whatever the hell. <laughs> and like it, it's just it just. It's an interesting take on on you know nerd culture and and uh, an interesting look at it that I don't see a lot of other shows doing. Mm-hmm. That being said, like I think like some of the like the demi gorgons and stuff like that, like it's it's not really doesn't really suck me in. Doesn't really you know uh, entertain me very much. I, I just <laughs> I don't know. I, I watch it more again like for the world for the for the Things like the little nods to nerd culture that they do. So yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I did finish season three um, a couple weeks ago, and I, again, like Marvel of Men Lines too, it's definitely better than the second one, but it's not better than the first one. Right. Um, right. The first one was lightning in a bottle, um, and since then they've had 
spark plugs and coffee cans. You know, it's just not quite yeah. the same. Um, season two was a huge disappointment. I didn't enjoy that at all. To the mm. point where I almost gave up. I said, ah, I'll look at season three. And season three, the first half, I'm like, yep, I shouldn't have done this. This is boring. But the second half, I'm like, okay, pick back up. I'm enjoying it a little bit more now. Yeah. Um, but definitely, they probably should have just stopped at season one. That was a nice, self-contained, stand-by-me-with-monsters story. Yeah. Um, and it was enjoyable. And then from then on, you know, it kind of felt like, what other 80s properties can we put into the show? So season three is all about, uh, you know, Invasion of the Body Snatchers and Terminator and Red Dawn. Those are your mm-hmm. main pillars of this story. And Ghostbusters, uh, but, I think, too. Okay. Yeah, Ghostbusters. That Ghostbusters. influence is definitely there, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Tim, have you seen uh, Stranger Things at all? Yeah, uh, first two seasons. Haven't seen any of the third one yet, but... Yeah, I feel like I feel like I've heard that sentiment. That it's just not, just not as good as it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I know they're going to be ending it on season four. Yeah. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. really? That's for sure. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. they're they're planning to be like it goes until season four, and then we're going to stop. Um, so <laughs> it's not like we're going to go until it's unpopular type deal. Um, yeah. Well, Netflix. you can kind of see it running out of steam at the moment, so... Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, that's very understandable. Well, just look at some of the kids in Season 3. It's like, oh, my God, they're so tall now. They're so lengthy yeah. and weird. <laughs> yeah. It, it's it's a complete offshoot of what they were before. Like, oh, it's these cute kids going on their bikes to fight monsters. That's these weird, lanky kids sucking faces. Like, I don't, I don't want this. this yeah. Is, this is not what I signed up for. So we'll yeah. see how Season 4 goes. Mm. <clears throat> and hopefully you continue to watch it and hopefully enjoy season three of stranger things yeah I, I hope so too i you know it's it's good it's uh, i only have like two or three episodes left so I yeah i'll probably finish it soon yeah the seasons are short at the very least right so. right yeah <clears throat> yeah mm. all right so let us get into the news of the week very exciting stuff all right so we have uh, a handful of news articles today uh from this week most of them Kind of a bummer. But at the very end, our main topic will be pretty exciting. So, you know, stick around. Don't feel too bad. And uh, let's get started today with Google Stadia Director of Product on Data Caps, Achievements, Social Features, and more. So, um, Google Stadia Director of Product, Andre Dorinichiff. I hope I said that right. I know I didn't. Uh, did an AMA on Reddit. To answer some questions. And as we probably all know, whenever a big company does an AMA, it rarely goes well. So, he answered uh, a bunch of questions, but uh, Silicon Era sort of captured some of the main uh, questions of note uh, to talk about. And um, he talked about uh, the free game situation on Stadia, uh, achievements, uh, data caps, uh, friend system and global chat and cross-platform um, <clears throat> cross-platform functionality. The one I want to talk about the most, and we'll talk about the other ones as well as if you have thoughts on that, is the if the Stadia service is discontinued, do we know what, if anything, will happen to game purchases? And so here's what he said. We get this a lot. I hear you. Moving to the cloud is scary. I felt the same way when music was transitioning from files to streaming. 
I still have all my old CDs in the garage. Although it's hard to find a CD player today. Smiley face. The same happened to movies and photos and my docs and other files. And it's great. Games are no different. Eventually, all of our games will be safely in the cloud too, and we'll feel great about it. We've been investing a ton in tech, infrastructure, and partnerships over the past few years. Nothing in life is certain, but we're committed to making Stadia a success. The games you buy on Stadia are yours to play. From day one, we'll support Takeout so that you can download your game metadata, including saves, if you want to. Of course, Mm. it's okay to doubt my words. There's nothing I can say now to make you believe if you don't. But what we can do what we can do is to launch a service and continue investing in it for years to come. Exactly how we've been doing with Gmail, Docs, music, movies, and photos. That's exactly what we're committed to. So, Tim, what did you think about the AMA in general and any specific thoughts about that particular answer on Stadia? I mean, it seemed like, I like, did he actually answer it? The question? No, not at all. No, he does <laughs> it with several paragraphs. He did that usual sort of talk around the issue and try to distract you. The PR but talk. He, yeah, he yeah, did yeah. not say yes or no. What will happen to your games if Stadio is discontinued? <laughs> right. I mean, I mean, the closest I guess was mentioning you can download your game metadata and saves but what does that mm-hmm. mean like so you can like but so like if the game goes away you can have your save but would you even have a way of accessing right. it without the game you know yeah so I, like, I, like i felt if if it meant yes you can download your game and play if the service is continues he would have said that outright but saying you can download metadata and save this i felt like almost he was trying to cloud the answer so it sounded yeah. like he answered it, but not quite. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I I honestly prefer... I, I, like, if there's a situation where I can get, like, a physical, like, game disc over, like, a, a download, I'd probably go physical. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, That's yeah. just kind of my preference. It's cool, like, having right. it in your hand, I guess. Yeah. And also, if, if it's internet-dependent, you know... Or if it isn't internet dependent, there's no chance that you'll like lose it eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, and I mean, he was making the point about like movies and music, but I guess the difference with those is that you don't have to like put anything into it. Like if you buy a game, you usually spend hours doing stuff in it, but like mm-hmm. with a movie. If you like, if you lose access to a movie, it's not as big a deal, because at least you could still like, I mean, you can go out and buy a DVD or whatever if you want to, and it's still exactly the same, and you exactly, haven't yeah. you haven't like lost any progress on it because it's not, it's a static, unchanging mm-hmm. form of media. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, David, your thoughts on the Stadia AMA? Yeah, I mean. As as someone in PR, that's typical PR response <laughs> where you kind of it, it's like skating around the question, right? Yeah. So, you know, it, it's it's what this basically means is that you know, no, like this this won't, you know, if if Stadia is gone and they 
they destroy their servers and stuff, you won't be able to play their games anymore. That that's basically what it means. You know, you have mm-hmm. like the the save, and you'll have the meta metadata, which is equivalent just to the save. But like that, that's going to be useless unless they their cross platforming features do actually, you know, uh, allow you to transport your save from Google Stadia somehow onto Sony's platform or Xbox or um, Microsoft's platforms and then presume there. But then you'd have to buy the game all over again. So it's kind of, it's kind of like you're losing yeah. no matter what, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. And I just I just feel like it's... Uh, like, it, it's unavoidable. I mean, when you're... when You know, when you have a, a streaming service, like, that's that's kind of like the whole point is to not have it to not have anything physical aside from the the entire device, you know what I'm saying? So like, mm-hmm. and the device itself doesn't is very limited in terms of how much it could handle. So, um, I yeah, that comment was was a red flag to me. But the other one was that was a red flag was the uh, data caps, and it was yeah. saying something like, "Oh, he said something like, oh well, our because people were concerned about internet service providers not." you know, being up to snuff in terms of what they were requiring. And they basically said, well, they'll get there eventually. You know, yeah, they're off yeah. eventually. So, you know, you shouldn't be concerned. And it's kind of like, what? <laughs> we're talking about ISPs in the United States of America. Exactly. Like, do you know, these are like the greediest mother effers <laughs> in the world, okay? Like, they're going to nickel and dime you for anything and everything, like it, it's it's ridiculous. Like it, it's totally totally just nonsensical. That was that was a really really bad answer. I'm sorry. Yeah. And and like he he should have said something like, "Hey, we're working with ISPs in order to make sure that they'll give you an option, you know, exclusive gaming option where you know you or something of that nature, you know, or something yeah. just as broad as we're working with ISPs." Uh, and we'll, we'll we'll be happy to announce something in the future. Boom, done, you know, and it's leaving <laughs> it broad and open-ended. But he didn't say that. Yeah. He just said, well, they'll get there eventually, so don't <laughs> worry about it. Like, what? Oh. Yeah. Um, basically what he said is, yeah, we know currently uh, Internet plans don't quite support 4K uh, 60 FPS streaming, but we want you to trust that the ISPs will do the right thing and give you more <laughs> speed for the same amount of money. And it's like, fuck off. Are you kidding me? Really? That, we need to trust? That is hilarious. Of all the companies we are expected to trust, you expect us to trust ISPs. By the way, if my internet goes down for some reason, you'll know why. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it is just ridiculous that he's like, ah, you know, it'll get better. And it's like, when? Even if it does, is it going to coincide with the release of this service? Because... One of the main um, complaints about Stadia is that it it's not going to be usable by most people for its full right. features. If you mm-hmm. want 4K 60 FPS streaming, you got to be living next to a server, pretty much. Yep. But most people in the, in the United States live in this sort of big pocket in the middle where they don't very have high-speed internet. That's why a yep. lot of physical media still is going strong, because they can't do streaming services. They can't, you know, go to Netflix yeah. that often. They can't download things that much. They have a very limited amount. Even people who live on the coastal cities, they have data caps. 
Yep. And if you're streaming at 4K 60 FPS, you're going to hit that data cap really, really fast. Yep. Um, so for him to say, hey, trust in Comcast, it's just like, are you kidding? Yeah. Um, it, it's really it's really tone deaf. I mean, like, yeah. <clears throat> super tone deaf. He, he's not... Talk, he's not speaking to, you know, like you said, the people in the, in the America's pocket, the people, you know, in in the people that are outside the coastal cities and stuff like that who yeah. don't necessarily have access to high-speed internet like we do. I mean, you know, people take for granted. I know all of us are on, you know, the Northeast, so I think we're all relatively close to, you know, uh, like major cities, right? Right? I think so. I think I don't think we uh, we like, right? I don't know. Do you guys have internet problems, or not usually? No, not really. Uh, sometimes yeah. some uh, throttling here or there, but uh, generally I don't have any problems in terms of uh, latency issues or ping or anything like that. Right. So so the point is is like for us, you know, it's not really that big of a deal. But like when we talk about you know people in, I don't know, like Kansas or I know that's a very stereotypical. <laughs> state but like you know what i'm saying like yeah. people who are who are who don't where the america's infrastructure is not that great i mean they're like i've gone out there you know like a couple of times and like they don't even have lights on their streets you know what i'm saying wow. like yeah. that's that's actually that, ex- that actually exists in 2019 okay so like mm-hmm. it, it's totally it, i don't understand who they're speaking to here and this is like it, it just it's just a testament to streaming in general like you know, like I know Sony and Microsoft have come out and said it before. Like, listen, this this is like there is a future in this, but it's not now, and I don't see it happening in the next ten years. Like, seriously, I don't. Mm-hmm. Unless the infrastructure, like, really like ramps up really soon, it's not going to happen. And if anything, ISPs are getting even more stingy. Oh with, yeah. With how their you know their business plans and stuff like that, like. I know, like, I have Verizon. I have Verizon Files. And, like, dude, the second my my uh, internet is, is my internet bill is uh, is owed to them, like, they take out the money because I have, like, automatic yeah. payments. So, like, the second it's due, they take it out. Like, mm-hmm. they're, they're – even, like, on a Sunday, even on – you know, I think it was, like, Easter Sunday, they took it out. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Like these people are ridiculous, <laughs> and they and it's the only company that I know of that does this, that like actually takes out money on like holidays and weekends and stuff like that. Because normally, you know, if you're paying like taxes or whatever, they delay it to the next day. But like now, mm-hmm. it, it's like it's wow, and yeah. you know, I point my point in general is that it it's just Stadia <laughs> probably won't last very long. I mean, I'm I'm sorry, that's just my hypothesis <laughs> yeah this is um this is a bad look for google at the moment uh when this was yeah. first announced you know i put the tinfoil hat on i said this is never going to work it's it's going to fall apart don't trust it don't trust the banks buy gold bury your gold that kind of thing <laughs> yeah. but as stadia has gone on and they have put out more information i've got more people to believe me like okay yeah this is a bad idea um yeah. some of the things he said you know Hey, this happened to movies and photos and docs and other files, and it's great. It's like, no, it's not great. Yeah. It's convenient. It's nice to have those things, not have the physical media and have to dig around for those things, and they're all right there. 
But you have to always have that sort of that sort of itch in the back of your mind saying, do you really own these things or are you just renting them? Because at a moment's notice, they can revoke those licenses. If you don't believe me, look at any licensed game. Things like Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, Deadpool, yeah. a bunch of the uh, Marvel games. Any Activision game that's licensed, Activision does not re-up on those licenses very often. And so mm-hmm. what will happen is they will take those off of the digital stores. You can't buy them anymore. Um, you can still play them just fine. It's like, okay, that's fine. I can still play them. But that's because you've already purchased them and it's on your computer. There's right. no problem there. But in Stadia's world, you don't ever have that data, that game on your computer. You're streaming it from somewhere. And this feels like companies trying to get further and further away from you owning something. Yep. Because when you know first commerce began... You buy something, you buy that physical thing. You can break it, you can throw it around, you can do whatever you want with it. It's yours. Who cares? Then we moved on to digital stores. That was very convenient. It had a huge boon thanks to places like Steam. And people loved it. But people, then people started to realize, oh, if I get banned from Steam, I lose all those games. That's a problem. Yep. Um, you know, and there are things like Terms of Service saying, you don't actually own this game, you're renting it. You know, this isn't really your game. <clears throat> and for a while, companies were fine with that because, like, hey, yeah, we can revoke it whenever we want. We get the money. They get nothing. That's perfect for us. Uh, but then lawmakers started saying, hey, guys, just because it's in your terms of service doesn't mean it's the law. If the law says otherwise, you've got to follow the law. Mm-hmm. And that's been pushed a lot uh, overseas. It'll eventually come over to America, I'm sure, where they're saying, what does digital rights ownership look like? And it's yeah. starting to be pushed in favor of the consumer. Um, yeah. And so companies like Google are like, how can we make it so they're never actually owning the game, they're just renting it. Um, yeah. And people have described it as like, so is Stadia like the Netflix of games where I'll just I'll pay a monthly uh, fee and I'll get access to all these games? And Google said, no, you have to buy the games individually like normal. So then people said, okay, well then how much will they cost? Like how much of a discount are you giving us? And they'll say, what discount? There's no discount. It'll cost the same as any other game. And people <laughs> said, why? It's like, why would there be a discount? It's like, what do you mean why wouldn't there be a discount? I'm not owning the game. I'm renting it. When I, yeah. when I rent a movie, I don't pay full price for the movie. So um, this is a bad look. And I think probably the most telling thing is when he said, you know, but what we could do is launch the service. And continue investing in it and for years to come. Exactly how we've been doing with Gmail, Docs, music, movies, and photos. That's exactly what we're committed to. What the hell? Google <laughs> kills so many of their different programs. There is a website, I think it's called Google Kills or Killed by Google, that lists all the different <clears throat> software, apps, and hardware that Google has put out over the years and killed off. Because... They have no interest in supporting it because it's not successful enough. Because Google has this thing where if you put out a product or a service, an app at Google, you get a bonus, a promotion, whatever. There's no incentive to keep it going, though. But if you put it out in whatever state it's in, who cares? You get the bonus. So they have no incentive to keep this stuff going. So historically, people do not believe Google is going to support this for very long. Okay? This might get dead on arrival so don't trust the banks bury your gold and keep buying physical media <laughs> that's, 
that's my takeaway. Any final thoughts, Tim, David? Well said. That's all I should say. That's all <laughs> I will say. Well said, Sean. <laughs> Any final thoughts, Tim? Uh, no. Ditto. Well said. <laughs> all right. <laughs> <laughs> so, our next news story, slightly less conspiratorial as the last one. Disney investment firm wants to acquire Activision. And I should just qu- clarify, Disney investment firm, not Disney itself. Basically what it said, uh, the Disney investment firm, these are the people who kind of uh, uh, direct Disney in the direction of like, hey, maybe you should acquire this, we want you to acquire this, improve our stock kind of thing. It's still up to Disney whether they'll do it. But the firm says, um, we're really interested in acquiring Activision. And is Nick... The chorus, um, the investment and management firm from uh, Disney Fox merger. So these are the guys who said, Disney Fox, you should merge together. He said, ideally for an investor, you want this to happen now. Um, so, you know, uh, Disney acquiring Activision, very big company, includes things like Blizzard uh, underneath their name. David, what do you think about the idea of Disney buying Activision? Yeah, I mean, I I feel like I, I don't know. I I don't feel like they would do that anytime soon. I I feel like because they they only said like about a year or two ago that they don't really handle video games very well, and I, I don't. I mean, I, I this would be a good boon for them, but. Mm-hmm. I don't know, with everything going on that they've been doing lately in terms of the filmmaking space and the movie space, I don't see them moving into games like that quickly. Mm-hmm. It just it just seems too fast, you know? Like, they just did the Fox merger, and they're probably still really, you know, inundated with everything that's going on there. Because uh-huh. it's not just, you know, it's not just the Marvel, you know, X-Men stuff. It's like... A whole bunch of other stuff. So it, you know, it, it's like I, I don't know. It, it just seems like it, it it could happen, and um, you know, it's possible. But I, any anything's possible, really. But you know, I, I don't really see it happening soon. In terms of like how I feel about it, like if hypothetically how I feel about it, like if if they announced that they were buying Activision tomorrow, I mean, I I don't really like I, I like. I don't really see how I, it would be hard for me to imagine how they would like handle the Call of Duty license because yeah. like Disney's a very you know family centric um, you know uh, company so I don't know like that would be kind of weird but uh, and, and aside from that like it, it would be hard for me to imagine like how they would deal with the licenses because isn't EA spo- still supposed to, like under an agreement with Disney. For the Star Wars license, for Star and Wars, then, uh, yeah, I think so. And for like the, another couple of years, I think, and then mm-hmm. I think with the same thing with uh, they they license out Marvel properties too, like so Square Enix has one, obviously. Um, I think whomever did the, the whoever did the you know Marvel uh, Ultimate Alliance three had one. It's like they're they're licensing out a lot of properties, and you know this isn't just like. Oh, like a one and done thing for a lot of these people. It's it's like multi year contracts, I would imagine. So just the logistics of it, I I don't know. Like mm-hmm. I, I I wouldn't really want 
Disney to do that just because it would be really confusing to me as a consumer. And uh, it, I, I feel like as a if I were Bob Iger, I would be like, okay, no, I'm going to hold my horses now. I'm going to deal with what I've got. And then, you know, once we are, have settled down and once we've, like, you know, uh, finished with our acquisitions and stuff like that, we'll move on to the next thing, you know? So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it, it's possible, but don't see it happening anytime soon. Yeah. Tim, any thoughts on uh, Disney possibly being interested in acquiring Activision? Well, I don't know about you guys, but I think I could go for, like, Disney Pixar, next Disney Pixar movies, like, just super gritty Call of Duty. Wouldn't that be great? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know, all the different like characters from past movies like Toy Story and whatever they're like at war <laughs> and it's all really like serious and sad <laughs> isn't there a movie like that uh toy what was it, what was it called do you know what I'm talking about where like toys go out at war with each other and toy soldiers toy soldiers yeah, yeah yeah there you go yeah. yeah yeah there you go they could do something like that yeah basically yeah. like that 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 movie was supposed to be way grittier than it was actually but yeah, like, no, I we heard want, that too. We want to sell the toys too, so make it for kids. Mm. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> <clears throat> um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it, I guess it's kind of a weird idea. Um, yeah. But, I, I mean, who knows? Maybe, maybe it'll happen, and we'll see that in the future. But if they if they acquired Activision, would that would that actually include Blizzard as well, or no? Yes, it should. I mean, okay. Activision owns Blizzard. Right. Okay, that's what I thought. Mm-hmm. So then they'd have all those oh. IPs. Yeah. I mean, that such a weird idea. It they is. Just, they yeah. just own everything. <laughs> it would be everything. Re- how would they handle like so? Blizzard has wow they've had a, they've had a lot right they have like diablo hearthstone they have starcraft the world of yeah. warcraft stuff yeah world of warcraft yeah how would they i mean actually you know what i could imagine them with world of warcraft and overwatch for sure you know that would be because a brand they could easily yeah get into yeah i could i could easily see them like incorporating that even like in disney world you know that would be mm-hmm. cool actually i would like that i would dig that like a, a, a yeah, Blizzard, yeah. like uh, Disney World thing, uh, theme park. That would be actually really cool. Now that <laughs> I think about it, right? Like it, it'd be like you go to like whatever, whatever World of Warcraft. I, I guess it's Warcraft, right? The world it's called Azeroth. I don't know. Oh shit! <laughs> Never I, I, mind. I hate that. I know, uh, but yeah, it's it's. <laughs> Never mind. Azeroth. <laughs> like you have like Azeroth, and then you go to. I guess Overwatch is Earth, right? Or is it another world? Uh, they never explicitly said, but it's it's probably Earth, it's right? So future Earth. You go to like future Earth, and then you go to wherever Diablo is. Diablo in Hell, or Diablo's. <clears throat> I don't know if it's on Earth, but there's a earthly plane that you start off on. Oh. Okay. <laughs> you go you go <laughs> to hell eventually and you can go to heaven eventually, but you know, that's your oh. base of operations. Right. Okay. Well whatever the case may be, 
having attractions and rides and stuff like that inspired by Blizzard would be cool. Again, in the act, like I, I agree with you, Tim. Like that would be weird with the Activision stuff. Like I don't really see that happening. But I mean, yeah. you, you mentioned a Blizzard-based theme park, and that exists in Overwatch. One of the maps is called Blizzard World. That's right. And it just it just has all these different attractions and rides based on Blizzard properties. And that's right. It's oh it's, my god! It looks like it'd be super fun to be at. My favorite is Snacks Ramus, based on the Snacks Ramus raid. I'm like, that's that's pretty good. I like that. Oh, um. <laughs> that that's cool, dude. Yeah, All so right, else. that's Disney, a proof of concept. Disney, go ahead, buy them. That'd be. <laughs> <laughs> I would I would go there. I would go to a Blizzard thing. That's cool. I mean, I'm not yeah. even that big of a Blizzard fan, and like, I would go to that. Like that that sounds awesome. Yeah, you know. I mean, Nintendo is working on that um, theme park of their own properties to see how that works and. Yeah. We haven't really seen much of that, but maybe that could act as a sort of uh, motivator for Disney to pull the trigger on it. Right, um, right. But yeah, uh, I don't see Disney doing this anytime soon, simply because I think Disney is still you know run by a lot of old guys who are like, video games, you <laughs> like Pong? I'm not, I'm not buying a Pong machine. I don't know, that's ridiculous. You know, They don't know what's going on with that, but I think Disney's probably... At the very least, what they're doing is they're testing the waters by licensing out their properties to different big-name studios, like um, Team Ninja, who did uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 2, or 3, and I think it was Insomniac that did Spider-Man and Square Enix, who are doing the Avengers one. They want to see... They're trying to get back into the main console PC market, because they've been, they've been doing mobile for so long. Like, mobile is good money. You know, it's microtransactions. It's making us tons of money. Why should we try harder? But this will like improve their brand. Um, in terms of who they could buy, Activision would be a good get. They have a lot of different properties under their belt. Um, I know anytime a big company gets bought out by Disney, people say, well, what are they going to do to Disney-fy that stuff? They're going to change it. They are. And it's like they might make some adjustments, but Disney, if they buy something, they're not buying it because it's a failure and they want to make it better. They're buying it because it's a, it's a success, and they want that money. So they're not going to change yep. how the trains run in that regard. Um, at the same time, we saw, we've seen when they bought Marvel, they didn't really change the formula for the Marvel movies. If anything, they cloned it and repeated it ad nauseum. But they didn't really change what we expected from them. People were worried about that. Um, yeah. But we haven't really seen what happens if they have like an R-rated property like Deadpool under their belt. Because Deadpool was done by Fox. Now Disney owns it. We don't know what they're going to do with Deadpool. Part of me thinks that that whole Deadpool 2 PG-13 release on Christmas was them trying to was Fox trying to prove to Disney, look, you could own this R-rated property, but you can make it PG-13 if you want. People will still see it. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Again, that's me just speculating. All I got right. no basis for this, so don't listen to me. But if they did buy something, Activision... I wouldn't mind that. It's just simply be so they could make that Overwatch movie finally. That's all I want. So, yeah, you know, all I've had to go on so far is the uh, Blizzard little uh, character trailers and little movies they did before the release and all those fan trailers they put out on those websites. I won't say which ones, but you know the ones. Those are out there. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, Disney, possibly acquire Activision, possibly not. Part of Disney wants to do it. Disney itself might not. So, yeah. Moving on. <clears throat> this is a pretty big story, sort of a culmination of a lot of events for the past few months. 
FIFA packs and loot boxes are not gambling in the UK. The, gamble, the UK Gambling Watchdog has told MPs that it does not currently oversee the purchase of in-game content like FIFA player packs and video game loot because <clears throat> uh, the items you get in these packs do not have a monetary value. Therefore, it is not gambling. Uh, they would only consider it gambling if you were to put money in and hopefully get something back that was either worth more money or just straight up money. And since you don't get money from the packs, they don't consider it gambling. David, <clears throat> your thoughts on FIFA packs and loot boxes being declared not gambling in the UK? Uh, I mean, I kind of saw it. I think we all kind of saw that Sadly, happening yeah. Yeah. in the UK. Like, I, they're not really the most progressive. I mean, no offense to anybody who's English who's listening to this, but, like, <laughs> they're not really the most progressive when it comes to these things. And, I, you know, I, they more or less mimic what the U.S. is doing in terms of, you know, this space. From what I can glean, what's been happening most in recent years. So, you know, I, I don't really... I didn't. It's it's to be expected. I I don't. It, it doesn't surprise me. Um, is it, it's unfortunate for sure. You know they are in many ways one of Europe's most powerful voices, and the fact that they're you know not championing this is sucks. But there are other European countries you know that are you know against this, like Belgium and so so on and so forth. So I think the Le- the Le- the Netherlands. And you know, like I, like they, them advocating that, I think it's good, and and you know, this is a blow, I suppose, to, to a lot of European consumers. But you know, at least we still have those other European countries to the champion pushback. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <clears throat> Tim, uh, do you have any thoughts on the UK saying loot boxes and specifically FIFA packs are not gambling in the UK? Well, for a start, I'd at least probably disagree with that. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I I have a few days ago I, I was reading about this, and it's just kind of silly. Because so their their thing is that they're going with like a very specific sort of definition. Yeah. Or like how it's traditionally been defined, but they need to expand that a little bit because mm-hmm. I mean gambling is gambling is you put something of value up on the line in the hopes of getting something in return but the chances mm-hmm. of that aren't guaranteed and in fact are usually not in your favor and that that's what we see with loot boxes you put up money yeah. to get an item digital but doesn't matter um, and you're probably not going to get what you want right away if Mm -hmm. even ever and you can easily put a lot of money into that so i i mean i feel like to most to most people other than i guess people in the uk that very much feels like gambling because it's a gamble (laughs) yeah yeah um i think so exactly um You know, they're going by the very strict definition of gambling is you put money in in the hopes of getting either more money out or a item of value that's valued more than the money you put in. And the problem is that this is a definition that certainly makes sense, 
but it's not a definition that has kept up with the times. And uh, it made sense in the before where it's like, of course, gambling is you put something, you put money in, and you hope to get something more value, get out, because it's a physical item, whether it's money or something. But this. The same principle applies. I put money in in hopes of getting something I want out. It's just for the longest time, that thing was for money. But with the digital space, you don't get money back. You get an item back that you value more highly than something else. Um, How you value it is different. Uh, And I think that's where things kind of get murky and muddy. But I think it's hard to deny that at its core, loot boxes are gambling because you are putting X amount of money in and hoping to get Y, but there's no guarantee you'll get Y. And like David said, I think we all kind of saw this coming. Um, Me, not so much because of the UK, but so much because it's just lawmakers. Lawmakers will drag their feet. They will dance around the issue. They don't want to ruffle any feathers because they're voted into office. Uh, And there's lobbyists and all that stuff and a whole bunch of very distressing stuff. Um, but yeah. <laughs> I, I think this is, at the very least, I agree with him that, uh, and David, I don't know if you agree too, that loot boxes are pretty much gambling. Um, yeah. And the unfortunate thing is that it's gambling that kids can enjoy. Uh, because, and I mentioned this in an article that will, uh, is with another news story. If with casinos and online casinos right now, there is an age limit. You have to be 18 to 21, depending on the state, to get in. So you have to be a consenting adult of legal age to get in and waste your money. But mm-hmm. with these games, with loot boxes, you don't necessarily have to be that old. You know, they right. they aren't just strictly for M-rated games. Even if they were, let's be honest, kids are buying M-rated games. Um, so. You know, it, it's kind of distressing that kids can just be like, "Yeah, I'm gonna do some gambling," and it's it's a it's a unfortunate thing going on. Um, yeah. Again, I didn't expect it to be changed, uh, but anytime soon. But it would have been nice to have one more uh, piece of the Jenga tower taken out for loot boxes because Belgium has banned loot boxes. They said, "Yeah, that's gambling." Yeah, 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 yeah. But UK is like, no, I don't know. Australia is also usually pretty progressive when it comes to digital rights, if I'm remembering right. They yeah. they usually have a very um, uh, very strict sense of customer first. Uh, so, I don't know. Right. Uh, we'll see how this plays out, but it's definitely a bummer to hear about this. Mm. Um, and also the other point uh, that should be made is that even though what you're getting doesn't have a monetary value set by the game, in cases where you can trade those items away or trade an account, those items do have value. They are listed on the secondary market website saying, this gun is worth $5, this gun is worth $0.03 cents type of deal. Right. Um, you see the same thing with um, Magic the Gathering cards. And I assume it happens with like all their kind of trading card games like uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! and even something like baseball cards, where you put $3 to buy a pack of cards... And you hope that the cards you get in there are the ones you want, uh, and you hope that they have a combined monetary value greater than your $3 investment. Um, right. Different cards have different value. But how does Wizard of the Coast, the makers of uh, Magic Gathering, get away with this without having any gambling legislation? Why have they never been called out for gambling? 
It's because Wizard of the Coast never acknowledges that these items have different values. They, their official stance is every single card has the same monetary value, which is bullshit. It is. But they say it costs the same to manufacture, it costs the same to sell it, it's the same. And if they were to right. ever acknowledge that this secondary market exists, they would have to face down some gambling legislation. So they're playing dumb to get away with it. Uh, you know, it's, it's, if, honestly, the pessimist in me says if loot boxes went away, something else would take its place. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I mean, the thing is, is I, I, I would just rather them have games at $70, $80, you know? Yeah. That's the whole point why they exist, right? Is yeah. because they're not making money. So why not just make games more expensive? I, I don't understand what the logic is. Like, why not? Just make a base game seventy, eighty dollars, and I know people will be put off by that. Of course, but yeah. then there'll be no loop, no loot boxes. There'd be no, you know, there'd be less bullshit DLC, and everybody, like, not everybody will be happy, but like, it's it's something. I, I don't know. Like, it just takes one person to mandate that. Like, it would take it would take some kind of like in the next generation, for instance, like next year, if Sony comes out of the gate and says, "Hey." Our game's going to be seventy bucks, and then like Microsoft is like, "Yeah, it's going to be seventy bucks now. Deal with it." Yeah, um, yeah, I agree. Um, if they just increase the price of games, this would probably take loot boxes away, possibly. Yeah. But at the same time, companies are greedy. So even if they increase the price, like, "All right, we'll increase the price," but maybe, maybe a few yeah. loot boxes in here. I don't know. <laughs> maybe it, it is weird that games are sort of one of the few products that just have not inflated in price. They're right. $60 today. They've been $60 back in the 80s. It's kind of bizarre, despite the fact that they've increased in cost to produce. Yeah, um, I mean, I consider so. gaming to be a luxury hobby. You know, oh, yeah. like, yeah. It, it's it's not it's not like watching a show. Like, it, it's, I mean, it is kind of, it is like, it's, it is entertainment. It is like watching a show. It is like, you know, uh, watching a movie or something, but those are like they 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 cost a lot less to view and to watch, right? Mm-hmm. And like gaming is like you pay a lot up front, and not only that, but you pay in terms of your time investment, right? So you put a lot of time into it. So it is like a luxury entertainment me- medium, and you know to to kind of want to buy into that, I, I would I would gladly play pay like eighty dollars if it were a game that was like the witcher 3 that would take mm-hmm. me over a hundred hours to complete you know because that's a good when you when you equate dollars to you know gameplay that's a good trade-off you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying yeah and it, well you pay we're paying what like 16 bucks for a movie ticket right now and most <laughs> movies are what like two hours long two hours something like, yeah that's like eight hours eight dollars an hour like yeah. fuck, <laughs> that's a lot of money, you know. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I just don't understand the logic. I don't understand why why my Microsoft, Sony, and Nintendo haven't banded together yet, and why they haven't been like, you listen, dudes, like, let's just do it. Let's just pull the trigger, you know. <laughs> like fuck it, like you I, know, like just do it. I think I, the reason they haven't done it is the PlayStation Three. And I say the PlayStation 3 because when that was announced, they said, it's going to cost $600. And people said, nope. And they said, we're actually losing money on this. It costs more to produce it. And people said, nope, not going to buy it. Nope, not going to do it. And that really hurt the PS3. 
uh, for whatever reason, gamers are very stingy. They don't want to spend a lot of money. Yeah. They'll wait for Steam sales. The, I, you look at any Steam review of an indie game that costs like $10, and they're like, this shouldn't cost $10. It's got $5, and you should pay me $5 for playing it. Screw you. <laughs> uh, I want I want a steak yeah. dinner and a hand job to play your game. <laughs> you know, just... <laughs> they're very stingy they're, and, and I don't know what it is maybe it's the, the uh, Steam sale uh, mentality where it's like you gotta wait for that right Steam sale and I'm part of it too I'll be like I'm, that game looks good but I kinda wanna wait for the sale um, I've kinda gone off that mentality just because of Steam refunds where I'll like I'm willing to roll the dice on a $60 game play right. it and if I don't like it in under 2 hours I can return it no questions asked that's great right. for me but yeah I don't know. Uh, for some, whatever reason, gamers are just like, I don't want to spend a dime more, but you better make that game look better than last year. Right. Oh, God help you. But yeah, yeah I mean, uh, these microtransactions existed originally to help a, a game survive. I read recently that you know they started off on the Apple market for their games, and what happened originally is that Apple put out these games, and people didn't want to buy them. Even though they are like a dollar or two dollars, people didn't want to pay money for that. So they said, yeah. all right, We'll give you the game for free, but there's stuff inside of the game you can buy. And that proved to be so much more lucrative than just buying the game outright for a base price. And they, right. and they, other companies like, we're going to take that model too. And maybe they took it for their games to help support it. Maybe they did it for greed. I don't know. I'm not sure, but I'm also sure that it was for greed. Um, so... I don't know where it's where it's gonna go. Tim, any final thoughts on uh, loot boxes and all this whole mess? Loot boxes are gambling, yay! <laughs> they are gambling, yeah. They they're that Skinner box that you know. I open up that Overwatch box and it explodes with light and colors, and there's a fanfare. I'm like, ah, oh, I feel yeah. good. And there's that little colored coin. I'm like, that's a yellow coin. That's gonna be a good item. Yeah. You know, it's that whole, it scratches that itch in your brain, but it's Absolutely. fleeting. So you got to put that dollar back in. Yeah. So anyway, back on to stories. We have a similar story. Uh, we pretty much covered everything we would talk about loot boxes, but let's just talk about this briefly. Overwatch now has reached $1 billion of in-game revenue. A billion dollars. That's insane. Um, according to uh, Superdata... Uh, Overwatch has now reached $1 billion from in-game purchases alone, not including the purchase of the game itself, just for loot boxes and the uh, eSports skins and stuff like that. It also says this is the 64th game in history to make $1 billion from in-game purchases alone, which is insane to me. 64 games have done this. Um, Hmm. Tim, any thoughts uh, what this means Overwatch, a billion dollars from loot boxes. Well, despite many people not really being so jazzed about loot boxes, there's still a good portion of people that seem to yeah. seem to buy them anyway. Mm-hmm. That's that is a lot of money that's just really, from loot really boxes. Money. How much do yeah. how much does a loot box cost in Overwatch? Do you know? Uh, I believe it's like a dollar, and then as you buy more as a bundle, you get kind of like extras tacked on. But right. it's like ninety nine cents. Okay, so that's like a billion loot boxes, more or less. <laughs> that's 
not even counting the ones you get from just playing the game. Yeah, that's a a billion loot boxes bought. That's man. That's yikes. Right. I, I don't. I don't <laughs> even know. David, what are your thoughts on Overwatch making a billion dollars? Also. This is not the only game from Activision that made a billion dollars from microtransactions. They also have World of Warcraft, Call of Duty, Destiny, Candy Crush. I didn't know they owned Candy Crush. Yeah, and me Coast either. Stone. Hmm. Yeah, I think they own... What's the company that makes Candy Crush? King. Is it King? Yeah. King yeah, Games, King. Like that? Yeah. yeah, yeah. King is... They actually, they're actually a pretty good studio. Uh, they, they're they in um, Europe, in... Uh, Oh man, they're in the, the, one of some of the Nordic countries. I forgot hmm. which one. I mean, maybe Sweden or, or something like that. And it was a pretty good place to work. I heard. Anyway, um, I've heard that too. Yeah, that uh, if you're going to get a game a job in uh, gaming uh, creation, one yeah. of the steadiest, easiest jobs is mobile games because yeah. they're around forever. You're just doing maintenance and other games like a console game. You might be there today. You might not be there tomorrow. So it's apparently mobile games yeah. is where you want to work. Yeah, take that as you will. It's, it's straightforward. Yeah. Um, it, it, as far as what I think about Overwatch making one billion dollars, doesn't surprise me. I mean, it, it's like you know, I, I it's very popular. I again, like this is a very um, clear example of like the media, like gaming media, in terms of like news outlets and stuff like that not really speaking on behalf of gamers because clearly like this is not you know like people like loot boxes i mean like there there's always been in my opinion like a divide amongst the gaming press and like actual people who who play games and um i despite you know gaming press being clearly against uh you know um loot boxes and microtransactions and stuff like that and you know a lot of people on the internet being the same way it doesn't seem like it's that big of it's not making that big of an impact on not only you know these companies business models but their their core audience which uh i mean like i i have lots, a lot of friends who play overwatch and like when this when loot box debate came out a couple years ago people were kind of pointing fingers at overwatch for spearheading the whole phenomenon and it didn't stop people from playing Overwatch. Like, they're still playing it now. They're mm-hmm. still really enjoying it, you know? So, yeah. I, I don't know. Like, it, it doesn't surprise <laughs> me in the sense... It doesn't... Again, it doesn't surprise me because these people are still playing this game. They can't get enough of their waifus or whatever in the game. And <laughs> that's it. Like, seriously. Yeah. that that that's what it what it boils down to and blizzard's doing an excellent job you know kudos to them i mean from a business perspective again this is not like me as a this isn't me speaking from my personal feelings about it but from a business perspective kudos to them for kind of combating combating this backlash and just doing what they're doing and you know making a, a huge success success out of it you know yeah. that that's really it i think what's happening is a lot of people don't like loot boxes in theory. They don't like the practice of it. They don't like that right. they're there. But a lot of people like opening them. It still <laughs> feels good to open that pack. Yeah. To crack yeah, open yeah. that pack, to open that box, whatever it is you got in the game, it still feels good. You might not like that it's there. 
you might not have bought it. You might have got it as like a, a random drop, you know, a part of your daily quest or whatever. But you sure like opening it. And that, that's how they whet your appetite. They're like, hey, have some free loot boxes just for playing the game. You're like, oh, great. And you open them like, that felt great. I want more. I'm not going to wait until tomorrow. I'm going to buy just, just, I'll just buy five. I'm sure that'll be enough to get what I want. It wasn't enough. Fine, I'll buy a hundred. We'll see what happens, you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But a billion dollars, that could fund a lot of games. Um, and all of them will also have loot boxes. So, <laughs> it's insane. If it, if this was a case where like they knew like a giant property was gonna make a billion dollars off of the loot boxes and they could use that money to parlay into other games that wouldn't have them, I would be okay with that. I'd be like, Okay, I can understand why they're doing it. But this is just like we want this money to fund more games to make more money until infinity, right. you know. So, anyway, moving on from that, once again, microtransactions. These are not. I did not plan to do this all in a row. This is just how the order they came out in the week. But GTA Five gets online casino, online casino that can use real money. So Rockstar put out a um, update. Ironically, less than 24 hours after it was announced that the UK does not consider uh, in-game gambling to be gambling, <laughs> uh, they put out this update that puts a uh, diamond casino into the game. And this apparently had been something that had been teased for years. People have been waiting for it. And the casino works like, as you'd imagine, you go in, you play blackjack, roulette, slot machines, all these different things, poker, I believe, all these different casino-type things, and you win chips that you can use to buy the new cars and, and guns and player skins, all that stuff. Um, and while you can, the idea is that you would use your real money, your in-game money to buy these uh, plays at the casino. The fact is you can buy that money with real money. Uh, so technically you could use real money to do actual gambling in an actual gambling arena online in Grand Theft Auto's Dime Casino. So, David, any thoughts about the inclusion of the casino in Grand Theft Auto Five? This is like so brazen of them yeah. to do. Like, I, I, like, I mean, I hate to say it, but I kind of love it in a way because they're like Rockstar is like. Oh, like they're they're hearing all the con- the criticisms and complaints about gambling and microtransactions, et cetera, et cetera, and they're like, "Nah, fuck that! <laughs> like, yeah. I'm gonna make a casino in my game now." You know, like it's like so. It, it I, I, I was like, if anything, you would avoid, you know, this right. such a such a very you know clear. You know, uh, I mean, it's a freaking casino. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, do I need to say more? Like, yeah. it, like seriously, like it's so like it's so brazen, and it's such a like fuck you to everybody. <laughs> and I, but, I yeah. mean, I admire them in a sense because they're they're getting away with it. I mean, like they they, but, <laughs> they yeah, really the don't give a is, shit. Yeah. They, they don't. They really don't give a damn. No, and they like don't. they're they're. They they're like yo I'm gonna we're gonna keep making money off this game we don't we don't care you know we yeah. you if you guys wanna play Red Dead Redemption two you guys could play it you know if you want something that's a little less microtransactiony go play you know Red Dead Redemption two or something but as far as GTA five is concerned that's our cash cow I don't give a damn what you say that's it you know and, <laughs> but, and but David wow it's okay yeah. it's not gambling. 
It's, yeah, it's not that's right. Much as you can. That's it's right. Not, it's fine. It's not gambling. Just you don't it's get any gambling. money back. You just put lots of money just, in. Yeah. That's it, fine. It doesn't matter that little little Joey is pulling out the slot machines and smoking a cigarette. It doesn't matter. It's not gambling. <laughs> it's it's play pretend. It's it's okay. Ba- banging a hooker in the back in the yeah, exactly. in the, <laughs> in the <Exactly>. alley. <laughs> He's got his hand in a vice. Uh, Joe Pesci's hitting it with a hammer. Telling him not to cheat anymore. You know, it's <laughs> it's fun. It's you know uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Tim, any more thoughts dude. on the uh, uh, Dime Casino? I mean, that, that I mean, that is a good point, David. About it really is just very brazen of them just to put a whole casino in there. It's just that is kind of crazy <laughs> when you think about it like that. It's just funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I I don't know. Something really to say about it. Other than that, uh, I actually I wrote an opinion piece uh, slamming Rockstar and loot boxes and microtransactions in general uh, after this was announced, and I just had to get it out there. So, if you want to know my full thoughts, it is now well documented, and I am now on Rockstar's list. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this just feels brazen. This is Rockstar coming out the gate. With their dick out saying, do something about it. You know, <laughs> yeah, just yeah. daring lawmakers to do something about it. Like, you know, come on. I know you're not going to do anything. Just, just, you're not going to do it. So I dare you to blink, you know? And yeah. it's, <laughs> it's just the most, it's such a huge middle finger to the community. All right. Um, and I'm not saying that they waited until the uh decision to come down that the UK does not consider it gambling to release this update I don't think that's what happened but it's certainly very poetic that it happened that way right, right um, yeah. I don't know if it would have, been, would have been better if this came out before that announcement that uh, it's not gambling or it was better this way I don't know it's pretty poetic either way but right. this is just a huge huge fuck you to the community to lawmakers and just Pissing in the eye of the world and say daring, daring them to blank, you know, just right. But it's Rockstar. I mean, they can get away with it because it's 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 Rockstar. They make these huge games that are super popular. Right. I haven't bought a Rockstar game since I think it was Vice City. Um, San Andreas didn't really appeal to me. Apparently, San Andreas is really good. I I do need to go back and eventually play San Andreas. Uh, but by then, I just wasn't interested in the Grand Theft Auto games. I tried out Grand Theft Auto Four. And five min- minutes into it, I got into a car, I sped away, and I fell through the world. And I said, no, that's it. I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. I'm, I don't need any more of that. Um, so I haven't played Grand Theft Auto V. I don't know how much this improves the game. I know Grand Theft Auto V is huge, but I've been on somewhat of a rock star boycott just by default, by just not being interested in the games. Also the fact that I think it was Rockstar who said uh, years ago, we really don't like release our games on PC because all PC gamers are pirates. And I was like, well, oh, yeah. maybe God, just, I mean, yeah. F- I remember uh, that. So, Rockstar, they make really popular games, and they're they're critically acclaimed, so I don't think this is going to change anyone's uh, perception of them. I don't think it's going to hurt their bottom line. As I said in the article, companies do risk versus reward. They see how this might play out. They plan for outrage and boycotts, and they see how likely is it that we'll just overcome that and people won't do anything. Because, as much as I hate to admit it, 
gamers, we call for boycotts a lot, but we rarely do anything. Yeah. Uh, you know, because we realize boycotting would mean not getting the thing that I like, and I want the thing that I like. But so here we are. If this disgusts <laughs> you, maybe it's time to consider things more seriously. But yeah, my do- my feelings on it are well documented. Um, and finally, our last uh, news article of the day before we get to our main topic. Uh, we're going a little bit long, but that's okay. Um, Doom one, two, and three were released on the Switch. That's sort of like a surprise during QuakeCon. They're like, "Hey, Dooms one through three, you can now buy them on the Switch." So people did that, and then they found out that they had to log into BethesdaNet. Uh, with their Bethesda account. And people, of course, found that to be ridiculous. They made a whole bunch of memes of it where they'll take, like, um, uh, a scene from, like, uh, Castlevania and they'll have Dracula sitting there. He says, a Bethesda.net account is required to play. Please continue mm-hmm. to the internet to continue. You know, just because putting this stuff in a retro game is ridiculous. Now, it did come out after I put this new story on that Bethesda said this was not supposed to be a required login. This was supposed to be an optional thing you could do if you wanted to connect to the Slayers Club, which is their Doom-based thing, uh, and get rewards for playing Dooms 1, 2, and 3 on your Switch. So they're working on a fix. I don't know if the fix has gone out yet, but they're working on a fix to make it so it's not a required uh, thing, which is good. So instead, what I'll ask is what you think about this. Uh, Tim, what do you feel this does for Bethesda's image uh, that they've been trying to improve for over a year now? Um, I don't know. I'm just reading through this article now. What was so people weren't so jazzed about this just because it's like just ridiculous to ask. That. It's it's ridiculous to ask for that to put in this um, requirements into a retro game. Again, it, it's an optional one, uh, but also mm-hmm. I think there is this sort of distrust because there was that incident either earlier this year or later last year where people's Bethesda account details with all their personal information got leaked to random people in the Bethesda uh, account database, and so people were mm-hmm. like, "I don't want to have to make an account with this company to play this game." You know, right? Yeah, that's actually a good point. I forgot about that. Um, I mean, I, I guess it probably doesn't help their case too much with things that have been happening. But um, I guess if this was like an isolated incident, I might not feel like it's that big a deal. Maybe that's just me. Uh, yeah, I hear what you're saying. Um, I mean, it, even if it... I mean, it doesn't have, apparently, online components, which I guess that's fair enough, but... I don't know. I mean, just create a free account and just log in. Um, I think they found, actually, that you don't even need to make an account. You don't need to give them a real email. Uh, someone showed that you could just use Domino's email, and they they don't ask you to confirm your email. You know, they just put in whatever email you want. Like, okay, good enough, and you move on. So <laughs> I don't know if that's still the case, but if it is, and you don't want to give Bethesda your information, there's an option. Domino's <laughs> email. 
just <laughs> yeah, like the whoever's in charge of. Well, I mean, if people even knew Domino's email, this one guy's like, "What? What is? What the frick is all this? What the heck is it <laughs> doing? Domino. Am I in trouble? <laughs> Am I? Is this like they're getting like the, hundreds the of the apocalypse? <laughs> There's a doom coming for me. What the frick is happening? <laughs> yeah, I guess I I can understand from if people were upset about it being more about like data breaching and stuff like that because that that did happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I get sometimes it's interesting to kind of think of because it, it's very easy to get upset at Bethesda these days. It's it's very easy, <laughs> <laughs> and and in a lot of ways, rightfully so. They, they but, make it very easy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes it's interesting to kind of look at it like, well, what if this was just an isolated type of thing? Would it be? Is this more just on the the anti Bethesda kind of? anti-hype train whatever you would call that or is this like I don't know is it is it maybe okay if it was just its own thing but I could definitely see that where you know Bethesda had a very bad string of of, of fumbles and for the past couple months they really haven't done anything to get back in that spotlight they haven't reset the clock on their, their mistakes and I feel like this is almost like a we're you know, this isn't a huge mess up, but it's something to talk about with us and poke at fun at them again. Um, like you said, if this was a, a isolated incident, that'd be fine. But because it's Bethesda and it's another fumble, despite the fact that it's not a huge one, it's at least, you know, be like, ah, well, there they are at it again. Those guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, they, uh, David, they need your a thoughts. Huge, they need a huge win. I mean, oh, yeah. I, I don't really know. What they've got in the pipeline, it's coming soon. What is, what do they have? Is something um, coming out in the fall for them? No, I don't right. know of anything uh, soon. Like there's there's plenty of games under the Zenimax umbrella, and I don't know if like Bethesda publishes them. I know things like uh, Doom 2000. Uh, the oh. new Doom is supposed to be com- they presented it at the Bethesda conference. I don't know if Bethesda had Doom any Eternal, influence yeah. on that. In terms of games, I know that Bethesda is making. They have Starfield, which is their sci-fi new right. IP, and way, way down the line is Elder Scrolls Six, which we know nothing about other than they had a, a splash screen of like some mountains. So yeah. we got Wait. nothing on that. They, I just had a curiosity. I wanted to see if they've gotten any like updates for Fallout seventy six. Apparently. They're getting a battle royale mode. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I didn't see that. That happened at E3. <laughs> they were like, yeah, they went on stage and they were like, and then we're putting a battle royale mode in, <laughs> and it was like, what? Why would you do that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, we're, we're clearly as a community at the point where it's like battle royale. <laughs> just don't don't put that in your game. Don't don't do that. Oh their, boy, that their is... whole E3 press conference was so ridiculous. Like. There were so many ridiculous moments, like especially when it came to Fallout seventy six. Like oh. they were like, "That's right, guys, we're putting NPCs into Fallout seventy six. Oh my and then gosh. the and then the people applauding were like, "Woo!" They were like, th- you know, pulling oh, yeah. their hair out. Like they were like screaming <laughs> like crazy. It was like a yeah, zoo. Those planted people in the front row who were screaming <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. crazy for them, especially for like uh, uh, Elder Scrolls Online. They're just wooing at everything. People were like, "What the hell is going on?" He was what? like, and we're putting human jaguars in 
fall elders or like something you know i don't know some nerdy <laughs> shit and like and like in in, in elder schools online and this guy was like Whoa! like he was like young like crazy mm-hmm. i was like yo what is with this press conference the only thing that i okay sorry this is a huge tangent but like the only thing about that press conference that i liked was like the um shinji mikami game that's coming um uh what is that game called tokyo ghostwire that game looked cool yes yes outside of that outside of that and then doom eternal of course but like outside of those two like no no thanks it is um that the only things during the bethesda process conference that i was excited for were things bethesda has no role in touching (laughs) it's like did, did bethesda put their sticky fingers on this no okay i'm interested yeah. Um, everything yeah, else, like, mm. totally. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess, like, you can consider uh, Doom Eternal, like, under the Bethesda cut, right? Because they're publishing the game. I so, think so. I'm not sure. Like, I know Bethesda's owned by Zenimax, but I don't know if Zenimax is publishing this. Like, I don't know why Bethesda would be talking about this if they weren't. Right. The, 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 the hierarchy of that situation is a little bit confusing to me, but I know they're not making it. That's machine games, I believe. Right, that's machine games, yeah. yeah. I, I, w- let's just assume, for the sake of conversation, they are publishing Doom Eternal. Mm-hmm. Like, that I could see as a huge win, but they've really got to, like, you know, have their A game when, when this comes to launch day. Because, like, they, they can't have any of these screw-ups with, you know, uh, Bethesda accounts and so on and so forth, you know. Yeah, and and um, what whatever what else, whatever else they had um, in the past, like I, I mean, this is like a I, from my understanding, this is like purely single player experience, right? Uh, so, they did add some online functionality. Uh, I think they had like co op and like deathmatch. Oh, um, that's right. I that's don't right. know if you need the account to use those though. I'm not sure. Um, I so played, I have Doom on like every single digital device in my home. I got it like on my refrigerator, so I don't need oh, wow. Doom on my Very Switch. Cool. You know. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, like, it, like if they had, if they removed the Bethesda net uh, functionality on Doom Eternal, and that they, people just pick up the damn game and play it, like they used to. Remember, remember those yeah. days? Like, they pick up the damn game and they play co-op, like, like they need, like they used to. Um, like, if if that's really what they've got to do here, I mean, in order for that game, I, it, that game looks amazing. Oh, They've yeah. got nothing but glowing rev- uh, previews from out of E3. They really have nothing going against it. They really come on. I, they need this W. Seriously, I I I was so excited for Doom Eternal, and I still am. I'm still very excited, but I have a slight worry now. Ever since Wolfenstein Youngblood came out, and oh, that no. came out last Friday, I haven't played it. But what I've heard is that they really changed the Wolfenstein formula for that game. To where they basically mm-hmm. turned it into a looter shooter. Yeah. Um, now I like looter shooters. You know, Destiny, Borderlands. I like those games. But I don't know if I want those mechanics in a Wolfenstein game. I don't know yeah. if it makes it worse. The way people talk about it, they make it sound like they failed on the delivery of this new system. I'm not really sure. Um, but yeah, like you said, it'd be really nice if I could just pick up Doom Eternal and play it immediately. Because nothing takes me out of the mood to play a game faster than booting it up and it's saying, please enter your account info. I'm just like, yep. no. No. Yeah. I'm out. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll play. Peace. I'm going to go yeah. play Mario 3 because I know it doesn't have an account <laughs> I need to put in. Right. Because it existed before the internet and I'm safe. I'm safe now. Yeah. But as yeah. this new release of Doom has shown us, you're not even safe with retro games apparently. So 
Man, that's such a shame with Youngblood. I really, yeah. I really like the the Wolfenstein games. Like, they're really you know good, the recent yeah. ones, like um, the New Order and New Colossus. Like, mm-hmm. it, it, they're just like fun, you know, single player experiences. It, it's pretty fun. Like the characters are fun, the the cutscenes are pretty entertaining, and the gameplay is just it, you know it, it's not like a really long experience. It's not like thirty hours long. It's like mm-hmm. you know twelve hour campaign, but it's fun, you know, and and I think I replayed it actually, you know, and I got my money's worth out of it. I think I played the new order. It's it, you know, it's yeah. just a shame that they would change that. It it it's so unique. Wolfenstein games, I I the new ones, I found like you know, I started playing like, yeah, I want to play because it it's a big gory fun run and gun FPS. I was surprised by how good the writing was. I was like, oh shit, this mm-hmm. was actually a good story, good acting, good characters. Yeah, I'm actually invested now in this story, so I'm interested in Youngblood just to continue that story. Um, it is only thirty dollars, which actually gave me some reservation before, um, and you wouldn't think so because it's cheaper. But because it's cheaper, I'm like, what is it missing? Yeah, why is it cheaper? You know, um, catch. so maybe I'll check it out, give it a look, see, and I'll update you guys next week on it. But yeah, Bethesda, mm. you're. You keep stumbling. You're you're trying to wipe the <laughs> the mud off of you, and you're just getting more mud on you, and you, you're getting snot down your face, and it's like it's a bad look. Yeah. You know? yeah. But they'll release uh, Elder Scroll. I about to say Skyrim too. Elder Scroll <laughs> Six. They'll release that, and people will play it, and it won't matter what Bethesda does up until then. That's a guaranteed win. I mean, they could come out with wow. an article saying, "Here are the 15 ethnicities we don't like." And people will still buy Elder Scrolls Six. They'll still do it. Yeah, it's probably that's a good shot. Yeah, yeah. Unless so. they screw up with something in it or change things around. <laughs> Unless like they really go out of their way. Like, I mean, yeah. They well, re- well, you know what? Well, you know what? To be fair, we all thought like when Fallout seventy six was not. No, that wasn't necessarily the case. Well, okay, Fallout four. Think about Fallout four. Fallout yeah. 4, we all thought that that was going to be a really good game. You know, like, and, and it's not yeah. a bad game. It's not a bad game. You no, know? it's not it, bad. I'm not saying it's... that. But it's not, like, compared to Fallout 3, it's, it's okay, you know? Or New Vegas. Or, the, or yeah, New the Vegas. The problem with Fallout 4 is right. that Fallout series, at least so far as Bethesda made it, is an FPS RPG. And with Fallout 4, they said, no RPG. No. Put it in lowercase. <laughs> put it in the corner. No RPG. No RPG for you. No. We're not going to have you have any <laughs> skills. No, you can level up. That's fine. I mean, you can do that in Call of Duty, so we'll allow it. But when it comes to conversation wheels, uh, you say yes, no, sarcastic, yeah. and tell me more. That's yeah. it. Don't you ask for anything else. And we did this so you could have a voice character. And everyone said, we don't need a voice character. Like, no, you do. It says, also, you it have says a your baby. name. <laughs> it says your name. Right. Look, that robot can say your name twice in the entire game. Isn't that cool? No. Oh, yeah. Don't get me started. And then, and then they got the Fallout Three story, and they reversed it. So now you're the dad. But what if, guys, guys, guys? But what if you're the dad? Whoa! (laughs) It was like, whoa. You know, it's like, what the fuck were they? Yeah, that's doing with that game. So yeah, maybe if they actually do. Really, really screw up Elder Scrolls Six. That might be a bomb for them. I'm just saying, um, it's a possibility. It's possible. It's a yeah, possibility. I had to, you know, my my assumption was that Fall, uh, Elder Scrolls Six will be a success so long as it's like 
at the very least like Skyrim better yet if it was closer to maybe Oblivion and Morrowind yeah. but if it was at least like Skyrim it would be a success but if they really if they continue this trend because ever since Morrowind they've been kind of stripping away some of the more detailed bits for the sake of uh, ease and understanding um, if they're like we're not going to let you level up there are going to be no skills um, you're going to be a fixed character you can only be a, a, a Nord also, it's a kart racer, and it's a mobile game, and it's canceled, so you can't play it anymore. So, if they do all of that, yes, it will st- it will be a failure. But yeah, don't, don't forget about and you could build like a battle royale mode. Oh, in a battle royale mode, yeah, and loot boxes. Yes. Loot boxes. They're, they're just nuking chests, this thing. Just it's it's like it's like a, uh, the producers where they're trying to make the worst play imaginable to get a big failure for an insurance right. scam, and. They're like, we're just going to make the worst game ever, and we're going to get a ton of money. And people are like, we're still going to buy it. It's like, fuck, really? Okay. No. No. Stop. No. It'll brick your computer. Don't you hate us? Please hate us. (laughs) Please hate us more. Okay. (laughs) So, uh, Bethesda tangent aside, um, and we talked a lot about loot boxes and microtransactions and Stadia. Pretty much every story was a bummer. But let's talk about something that was not a bummer. Comic-Con. Comic-Con was last week. They actually started on Friday. Uh, we missed most of the announcements because they came on Saturday when we recorded. Uh, but so we had a whole bunch of announcements. Uh, HBO's Watchmen got a trailer. Um, Doom Patrol and Young Justice got renewed for new seasons. Um, Westworld Season 3, Preacher trailer. Shudder, which is a uh, horror uh, genre streaming service gets a creep show series. Um, are there any of the trailers uh, or announcements besides Marvel Phase Four that got you excited? I'll ask you first, Tim. Uh, I not anything in particular. Um, I actually don't have a ton of experience in this arena other than really like Marvel stuff so I, I haven't really watched any uh, like the DC stuff or any of this other stuff you're mostly not missing anything with the DC stuff unfortunately yeah. <laughs> and I say this as a DC fan over Marvel but it's hard being a DC fan it's really hard Why we that? have support groups because it's just it's really not great most of the time uh, their <laughs> animated features are usually pretty good uh, in that regard they have beaten out Marvel uh, you know yeah, flawless but... victory on that but the movies are some of the biggest bummers to see those movies be made um, what about like I know the okay uh, what about like uh, Netflix stuff like uh, Flash or Arrow uh, I watched the first couple of seasons of Arrow, but I never watched the other um, DC live-action shows they put out. And the reason is, these are all on the CW, not Netflix, but they are. Um, right. They all become CW shows, and a CW show is young, hot people in relationships, also supernatural. Yes. It That's basically all it is. It's just people like, oh, I like you, but I don't like you. I like that guy. What's that werewolf doing here? You know, they're all, they're all basically like that. So I'm like, ah, I'm not going to really. I've heard The Flash is good. I don't know if it's continued to be good. Um, but I yeah. really... The Batwoman trailer looks awful. 
Um, but yeah. it, it it's never really appealed to me, and the movies doubly so. I mean, I know the exact moment I gave up on the DC movies. It was Batman versus Superman. It was that Martha line, and I said, "Nope, I'm out." Yeah, that's the it, dumbest thing I've ever heard. And wh- what I, did she say? Um, so Batman is about to defeat Superman. He's got his foot on his neck. And oh. Superman says, you know, his last dying breath is, save Martha. Save Martha. Martha is Clark Kent's mother. Clark Martha Kent. At the moment, she had been um. kidnapped or something like that. So he's like, save Martha. This gave Batman pause because Batman's mom is also named Martha. And that was enough oh. to make him say, maybe I shouldn't kill Superman. And I said, no, that is dumb. That is That's a coincidence. Right. Yeah. I hate this. And I, I, I left the theater. It's, it's so bad. That oh. movie was really terrible. It, it was bad. really bad. I, I think so, it was yeah, worse being than Spider-Man. A DC fan is suffering. Um, there's not a lot of DC games. The Arkham games were amazing. Where's the yeah. next one? I don't know. They're working on it. They said, but I haven't seen anything. So, mm. yeah. Um, I um, yeah, I agree. I, I, the, the last DC movie I tried to watch was Aquaman and I tried to watch it on the plane <laughs> I didn't yeah. I didn't really did not like it like it, it was like I like I, I had to quit like halfway through and I was like no I'm <laughs> it, it was too much like it was too much like CGI and like yeah like it was it, it looked cool and stuff but it was like geez let's let's take a break here guys you know it's a lot wow. of and superhero movies in general CGI is so heavy like Right. So much so that you look at like these behind the uh, screens uh, shots and like little clips of like the actors working, and you just mm-hmm. see them. They're all in like full uh, motion capture suits, and everything's green. And it's like this must be miserable to work in. Right. You're not work. You're not acting with anybody. You're acting with a, a CGI raccoon who's currently being played by some guy who's on his knees looking up at you, and he doesn't sound right. anything like the actor. And it just looks miserable. It reminds me of that picture of um, was it Ian McKellen who played Gandalf? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yes. yes. Yeah, it was a it was yeah. a clip of a picture of Ian McKellen as Gandalf at the table and a sea of green and all these little sticks with pictures of dwarves on them. And he was just he broke down to tears. He was like, "This is insane. I don't right. know what this is anymore." Yeah. Um, I, but anyway. But yeah, I I uh, you see, like I, I agree with you, but also somehow the Marvel movies like make it work. Like I, I like there are some for sure, like Black Panther for one comes to mind, where it's like mm-hmm. some CGI sections are way too much. But then like when it came to Endgame, and Endgame was really CGI heavy. Like I didn't yeah. mind it because it, I... it was just like the story was so compelling and the characters were so compelling that I didn't yeah. really care too much about that i i don't know like it, it maybe it depends on the context but like for someone like aquaman who i don't really care about sorry you know like i don't really care about that character very much i just saw him in justice league i mean i didn't see justice league admittedly but like i you know i know of him from justice league and so like i didn't like he his, his even his backstory isn't really that no, compelling not. So it's, it's like, okay I, to not care about you know, Aquaman. He, there's yeah. not much to care about with Aquaman. Um, <laughs> the only thing 
that's cool about Aquaman is that he has a yearly tradition where he goes down into the depths of the ocean and fights Cthulhu. That's it. Oh, that's, that's cool. That's his coolest thing. And from then on, it's like, whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, okay. But yeah, in well. the moment with these movies, I'm like, oh, this is really cool. But, like, afterwards, I'm like, God, it's supposed to be, like, miserable to make this. Um, yeah. But, yeah, anyway, DC stuff aside, um, David, were there any trailers that really caught your eye? I mean, you. so you posted, very helpfully, you posted all of, like, a lot of these links to mm-hmm. stuff, like, outside of Phase 4. Mm-hmm. And, the, the, I, you know, I gotta say, the thing that really sticks out to me, in my mind, is the, the Harley Quinn series. <laughs> Just because, it's so freaking ridiculous. Yeah, it looks pretty <laughs> ridiculous. Um, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not, like, terrible. No, it's, it's not. Doesn't, it doesn't seem, like, really bad. It's just, like, like, where is this coming from? I, like, I don't really, it just seems, like, very surprising. Like, I, I, like she's cursing, and she's, like, flipping on tables and bun- punching yeah. the Joker and stuff like that. And I'm like, huh, okay. That is something of a trend with DC's uh, television efforts was it's, you know, sort of like we're going to say the F word. Can <gasps> Marvel do that? You know, that sort of thing. And sometimes yeah. it works, sometimes it doesn't. With Harley Quinn, it looks like it might work. Uh, I was sort of lukewarm on it at first. Yeah. Uh, but then I heard the creators describe that the relationship between Harley and Ivy is like uh, Ferris Bueller and Cameron from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I'm like, okay, I'm back. Oh. That sounds fun. Yeah, so. okay. I mean, I you know, that's really the only one that really kind of stuck out to me. I mean, because I, I don't really keep up with, like, Westworld or Preacher or Young Justice. You're not Westworld. Yeah, I, I, that's what <laughs> I always thought, you know. Like, I it never really, yeah. you know, uh, drew drew me in very really. Creep show, that that's kind of cool. Uh, yeah. I know of it. I didn't see it um, back in the day, but I know of it, and that's that's cool. You know, for people who are into that, mm-hmm. uh, I don't think they really announced anything else that really, you know, outside from like comic book stuff. They didn't really, right? I can't think of anything. Okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, for me, yeah. Watchmen. I'll go briefly into these because I don't want to spend too much time. But Watchmen, it looks surprisingly good. I have no idea what it is. I can't tell if it's a sequel to the Watchmen story or if it's mm. a reimagining. I've heard both say it's true, so I have no idea what I'm looking at, but it looks fun. And they put David Bowie on the trailer, so that easily manipulated me to be like, yeah, this is fun. I like this. Um, Harley Quinn series could be fun. Doom Patrol, I watched some of that. I didn't like it, So, but season two, I'm not surprised. Young Justice, I've seen that. I liked it. I'm happy you got a new season. Um, uh, Westworld, I'm still not in. I love the first <laughs> season. It was so cool. It was this great, like, little, uh, what is life, what is consciousness, robot sort of exploration. It just happened to be in the Westworld setting. Um, but then season two was a trash fire that I had to watch for ten weeks, and it was really really bad i didn't like it at all i know a lot of people had problems with it uh a lot of people on like the Westworld subreddit are in denial and they're like no it was okay in this regard it was okay no it was bad season three i got excited with the first trailer it looked interesting because it had aaron paul it really didn't focus on the past characters a few in particular that i don't like 
It looked like this new setting. It was like a new story. I was like, that's cool. And then season three, it was just like, no, it's more the same. Eat it. Eat up, fatty. Eat it. And I was like, no, I don't want it. Preacher, final season. That's a super fun show. Uh, it is made by the same people who did The the Boys. Uh, the, the original comic was written by the same guy as The Boys. And I believe Seth Rogen was both involved with Preacher, TV series, and The Boys. Uh, but Preacher is a lot of fun. It's not the best. And it's probably better that it's ending rather than continuing going. But it's fun. And Creepshow, I'm super excited for because I love the movies. And there's not a lot of horror stuff out there in terms of TV. And I love horror anthologies. So, super excited about that. Now, let's talk about the thing that most everyone knows about. Um, Marvel announces Phase 4 includes TV and movies through 2021. Uh, phase 4, for those who don't know, is sort of like their cluster of movies. And of course, we've gone through three phases. Each phase had been about six movies. And they usually were capped off by an Avengers movie or two. Um, so Marvel has now finished Phase 3, which had been the culmination of all three phases, pretty much. And they've, they've said in the past that phases going forward are not going to be as grandiose as Phases 1 through 3. There's not going to be another Thanos. Uh, they might have an overarching plot across the movies, but it will get started and finished within the phase. There will be a living war digestible. So, they announced a lot of things from now, from 2020 until 2021. And when you consider this is across a little over a year, this is a lot of stuff. They have announced Black Widow, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Eternals, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, WandaVision, Doctor Strange, and the Multiverse of Madness, or in the Multiverse of Madness, Loki, What If, Hawkeye, and Thor, Love and Thunder. Uh, it should be noted, this sounds like a lot, these are not all movies. Uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier is a TV show, WandaVision, TV show, Loki TV, What If is TV, and Hawkeye is TV. So, Really, what you're looking at is five movies across 20 to 21, which is still a lot, but it doesn't seem as much when you break it down like that. So, Tim, what does Phase 4 do for you? What are you excited about? What are you not excited about? I'm interested in the Doctor Strange one. Cause, um, Same here. I mean, for a while, there was supposed to be a follow-up to that. And I really, I, I like that universe and what they did with it. And I like myself some, some Benny Cumberbatch. Um, <laughs> but what's, I guess it's going to be like, you can maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but it's supposed to be more like of a horror type thing. That is what they said. They said Doctor Strange, which will include uh, Wanda, uh, Scholar Witch, by the way, is going to be their first horror superhero movie. And before I wasn't interested in this movie, I'm like, eh, Doctor Strange 1 was cool. But it didn't really grab me story-wise. But now that it's a horror movie, now I'm interested. What this means for Young Mutants, that uh, Fox X-Men movie that was supposed to be a horror movie and has been pushed back uh, across three years, what that means for that, I don't know. I think that's dead in the water at this point. I don't Rip. think they care about that anymore. They might release it like on Disney Plus or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Normally, I, I'm i not super into horror stuff. I I can be kind of picky 
cheesy with that. Mm-hmm. But I'll probably I, I might give it a shot or at least see what people think of it and I'm interested to see how that goes. Um also like the look of the Thor stuff. I mean we haven't seen anything but I mean I like Thor. Mm-hmm. So interesting to see where that goes. Um and then was was Shang was Shang Chi a movie or was that a TV series? That's a movie, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I think people were. I mean, that that was kind of like maybe sharing similarities with the whole like Infinity Stone type deal or something. Something like that. The fact that it says Ten Rings means it mostly has to do with the Mandarin. Who was mm-hmm. an Iron Man villain, but they sort of uh, changed up how they introduced him in Iron Man 2. Uh, so this implies that they're going to bring back the actual Mandarin. I don't know much about him. I just know he has ten power rings and they all do different things. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I, I don't know anything about uh, Shang-Chi. Uh, he, but looking up uh, cursory knowledge, he looks kind of like a Bruce Lee type character. You know, he's a martial arts man. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I, that looks... Interesting as well, I guess. Um, and then, actually, the the Loki one—that's a TV show, right? Mm-hmm. TV. Yeah, I, I actually I haven't seen like all the Thor movies and other things that include Loki, but I kind of like the idea of that one as well. Does well, actually, that ex- doesn't that explore something that happens from Endgame. I have to imagine it does. Based on what happened in Infinity War and then what happened in Endgame, I have to imagine this is a continuation of that event. Okay, then I won't. I won't say anything more. <laughs> yeah. Is that spoilery? But I think it's about it for me then. All right. Uh, so, David, are, is there anything on this massive list of uh, movies and TVs that really catches your eye? So you know, I, I have to agree with both of you. I think the one that kind of uh, uh, draws my attention most is the Doctor Strange one. I mean, even the title is just cool, you know? Like, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Mm -hmm. That is so cool, dude. Like, oh, man. That that wants me... I want to see that movie, you know? It's just a strange... It's just a cool title. Um, And uh, aside from that, though, there's not too much that... I, I don't know. Like, I feel like there are some odd ones in there. Like, the Eternals is just like, why? I, I don't really, yeah. you know. Like, I get it. Like, I, you know, like I, I don't know. Like, I feel like the Guardians of the Galaxy makes more sense because like Thanos and you know whatever. Mm-hmm. But like, Eternals, I, I, I don't think they have. Do they have anything? Oh, right, because Thanos was. He was not an Eternal. He was a something yeah. else. Thanos right? was an Eternal. Uh, Ego, the Living Planet, is an Eternal, I believe. Right. Uh, though they haven't shown him, Galactus is an Eternal. Um, but so maybe but this is basically Thanos has something to do with, right, with the Eternals or something, because there were like two uh, factions of them. I don't know if he'll have anything to do with the movie, but he's, he's definitely an important Eternal. So if they right, don't right, mention right. him by name, then it's like, what are you guys doing? Right, exactly. That that's that was what I was trying to say. Like the, he might like that that the whole thing that might tie in somehow. But aside from that, like 
I don't know. It just seems odd, like Angelina Jolie, and I don't know. It just yeah, seems like an odd one in the bunch. Um, yeah. uh, the Black Widow, I personally think it's totally unnecessary. Like, I, I'm not <laughs> interested. Like, I'm not, you know, this isn't me being sexist or anything. Like, seriously, I would, like, I'm all for the WandaVision. Like, I, I like Wanda. I think her she has cool powers and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, Black Widow, I just do not find her as an interesting character at all. So I I don't know like that. I I'm more interested in seeing Taxmaster, yeah, than, than I am Black Widow to be honest. Um, uh, uh, Shang Shang Chai, uh, right? Shang Chai is how you pronounce it. Shang Chi, Shang Chi, Shang Chi. Very clearly for an Asian demogra- demographic, uh, it's very clearly for China. Yeah. I mean, like that's very obvious to me. Uh, I like how they're gonna f- actually put the Mandarin in there. Finally, mm-hmm. I know they they kind of hinted at it years ago, but now it's he's actually gonna be incorporated into MT- MCU more properly now. That uh, yeah, that's that's fun. I probably won't see it, but okay. <laughs> and then um, what was another one they did? Uh, can't think of I can't think of another one. I think I think that was it, right? Was there another scene? Oh, uh, Thor. Thor, Love Thor. and Thunder, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. That's cool. Like, I, I, <laughs> I, I like how Jane is in there now. They have, they somehow got Natalie Portman back, which yeah. is really surprising because she was so pissed off mm-hmm. after Thor 2. And she was like, yeah. I'm never going to work on an MCU movie ever again, blah, blah, blah. And now she's back. So I wonder what, what went on behind the scenes there. She was back in Endgame. Money. <laughs> right, right. It, it's my, even in Endgame that even that wasn't even her. That was just like some um, old footage they had from Thor two or something like that. Oh, so was it? Even though she got a credit, she wasn't actually in that movie. Right. She didn't, she didn't have to do anything. That was the easiest check she ever earned. Um, ah, I see. But I guarantee it's money. Because I, I, I mean, believe she she left yeah. her contract after Thor two because she agreed to do it because there was this uh, director that she really liked. I forget her name. But nice. she was kicked out, and she went on to make Wonder Woman, so MCU was kicking themselves after that. Uh, and so Natalie Portman was like, super upset that she got kicked out and didn't get to do, do a movie with her, so she decided to leave after Thor 2. And honestly, right. after doing Thor 2, anyone would have left because Thor 2. Um, right, right, right. But I guarantee you she's back because of money. Also because yeah. of what her role is going to be in Thor, Love and Thunder. I mean, yeah, that, that's perfect. cool. Like, female Thor, like, that's, yeah. that's an yeah. awesome concept. And now they're that, oh, well, that's a spoiler. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's cool. I, that's, I'll just put it at that. Yeah. And, I, I mean, they, they uh, what's his name, Kevin Feige, he did kind of hint that, you know, um, Black Panther 2 is coming and yeah. Blade is like I, I don't know like again like those are that's cool and everything but nothing really I, I want to I'm really excited for Guardians of the Galaxy 3 I really like mm-hmm. those characters uh, so I'm interested in that for the next phase phase 5 uh, I can't really think of anything else that they announced that really uh, again like for me it's really Doctor Strange uh, again like with you guys I, I, I totally agree with you Mm-hmm. In the sense that Doctor Strange seems like the most, the coolest of the bunch, and then, 
that's it for phase four for me. Phase five, I'll I'll uh, I'll look into uh, Guardians of the Galaxy three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and oh, and then Spider Man three, which will probably come out, you know, within the next two or three years. I, it's not I because Marvel can't. Phase five, yeah, it has to be. Yeah, he, he, I, Marvel can't announce Spider Man, right? It has to be Sony. So somewhat that, yeah. So there's a good chance that I mean it, it crossed one billion dollars international box office so it did okay a, yeah there's a very good chance that there's going to be a spider-man 3 and after the end of uh far from home mm-hmm. i hope there is so <laughs> that yeah. that that um i'm really looking forward to too yeah mm-hmm. um so as for me um i was kind of going to order black widow i don't care i yeah i don't hate black widow the character i just don't think she's strong enough for her own movie i would yeah. love more female uh, centric superhero movies out there MCU has a problem where Marvel in general doesn't have a lot of great female superheroes they have to kind of go deep cuts to get diverse heroes I mean Shang-Chi is their first Asian hero and who the hell is Shang-Chi so whereas like DC is like who do we want for a female hero oh Wonder Woman that's easy done Black Widow Mm -hmm. I think Black Widow gets this movie simply because like every other Avengers got their own movie. Hawkeye's not getting a movie. He's getting a TV show, but yeah, who cares? <laughs> but yeah, Black Widow, I'm only interested for Taskmaster. If they do Taskmaster right, okay, I'll, I'll be in. But otherwise, I'm not into the MCU for spy stuff. That's not my bread and butter. Uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, who cares? Um, <laughs> both yeah. of those characters are fine, but they're best when they're interacting with uh, uh, Steve Rogers, and he's not in the show. It's just going to be Falcon and, and Bucky. So, uh, Eternals, <laughs> I don't know a lot about them. I just know about them from a lore-based perspective. I haven't read any comics about them. So I don't know who it could be in it that I would be looking forward to. Marvel does now own Fox, which means they now own uh, Fantastic Four again. So maybe this will be our look at uh, Galactus. That'd be cool. Shang-Chi, I don't know anything about. I'm interested in the Mandarin. In general, I'm usually more interested in the villains for anything. Villains have always mm. been what I'm more interested in. But the manager I'm interested in, Shang-Chi, I'm tentatively... Uh, but I'm like, eh, I'm not excited for it. WandaVision, I don't, I don't know. I like Wanda. Vision has the charisma of a sponge. So I don't know what they're going to do with that for a TV show. Doctor mm. Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Clearly the subtitle is an allusion to the Mountain of Madness, which is a uh, Lovecraftian story. So I'm super into that. The best part of Doctor Strange was always the surreal, trippy, traveling through the multiverse through with magic thing. So if this is more of that, but in a horror setting, I'm in. Loki, I like him. He's a great character. He's super fun. He was a lot of fun in Thor Ragnarok. Um, but I'm kind of I'm done with him. I I felt like he had a nice conclusion to his arc. Uh, at the end of the Avengers movies. And after this, it's kind of like, why are you kind of digging out the past? I'm not really interested. What if I'm super interested in? It'll be an animated program. It'll use the actors from all the past uh, um, characters in the MCU. And since they're just doing voice acting, it's really easy to get them. I love what if stories. uh, So long as I get really weird with it. I want, you know, what if Ghost Rider owned a fast food chain? That's an actual thing they did in the comics. Why not do that? <laughs> the first story they've talked about is um, 
what if Peggy Carter became the super soldier and not Steve Rogers? So That'd not cool. as super weird, but it's still cool to see. You know, I mean, it's Hawkeye, I don't care. There's nothing to say there. It, appa- it apparently will focus on his time as Ronin, where he kind of traveled around killing gang members and stuff like that. But still, okay. I don't know. Thor Love yeah. and Thunder, I'm interested most because they have the same director from Thor Ragnarok, and he did an awesome job. He's also the guy who did um, What We Do in the Shadows movie, which if you, if you haven't seen it, it's a mockumentary about vampires. It's hilarious. Go see it. Uh, I'm super interested in a female Thor. That be they've done this in the comic with Jane Foster becomes Thor because she picked up the hammer. Um, I wish it wasn't Natalie Portman though. I don't <laughs> think she's very interesting to watch. She's an accomplished actress. I don't think she's a very good actress. I think she's been just sort of tangentially accomplished by being in really good stuff, but she doesn't do much acting. She just kind of. Barely emotes. I'm not really super into her being Thor, but maybe she'll pull it off. That'd be cool. Uh, as for the other stuff, Guardians of the Galaxy 3, yeah, I'm into that. Blade, starring uh, Masashara Ali, I can't remember his name. That's super interesting. If it's not R-rated, what's the point? Yeah. Um, I need to see vampires head getting chopped off and blood spurting everywhere. Don't go the Buffy route where you stab a vampire and they just turn to dust. Don't push out on us, Marvel. Be bold with this. Uh, I think it is interesting. The guy who's playing Blade has played two other Marvel characters in the past. He played, uh, I think, Cottonmouth. Cottonmouth in the Luke Cage series. And he voiced Uncle Aaron in the Spider-Verse movie. So he's been... I think he has the record for most Marvel characters portrayed. Which is not a high amount, but it's still impressive. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think overall, I'm just tired. <laughs> I mean, <Yeah. laughs> we've been doing this for over a decade now. I can't get hyped for every single Marvel thing anymore. It's just like, I gotta pick and choose. Um, you know, I saw all these Marvel movies. Uh, after like the second Avengers movie, I was like, I was seeing them out of obligation just to see where it went. And at this point, I'm just sort of like, I'm just so tired. If there's information in one movie that's going to be relevant to another movie, I'll just read a wiki entry. I don't need to see the movie. It's just, mm-hmm. there's just so many of these things. And even as a comic book fan, I'm like, enough, enough. I can't. I'm full. Let me digest. Give me a couple years to just wait and like this again. Um, yeah. But they're clearly putting a lot of work into their Disney Plus streaming service. Uh, as streaming services go, this is probably the first one since Netflix I've been really interested in. Because usually they're like, CBS All Access, what do we have? We have all our CBS shows. Okay, what else? We're making a new Twilight Zone and a new Star Trek. Are they good? No. Buy it. But just watch it. I don't care. And it's like, oh, no. But Disney's like... We have all our Disney shows. We have all our Disney movies. We have The Simpsons on there, which is reason enough to get the service. And we have all these new original programs coming out. So it's like, it's probably worth the price of admission. Yeah. Um, Mandalorian. Yeah. They got, like, all the Star Wars on there. Oh, well, no, not yeah. all of them. They got the, the new... Well, oh, shit. Yeah, we, we, uh, no. They got only the recent ones, which... That's not as exciting. But maybe The Mandalorian will be good. That would be right, nice to have right, that. Right, 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 right. Um, 
for once have a Star Wars thing that isn't about Jedi. Just just set right. it in a gritty, put it on Tatooine and not, uh, wherever you got to put it. And, and just don't have any lightsabers. Don't have any force. I know it's so tempting to put a lightsaber in there. It's so tempting. But you've got to fight that urge, Disney. You've got to fight like the urge. You've got to do some foreplay before you go for the full thing. you got to pull Rogue back. Dude, Rogue One was so good. And, like, <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, in the end they had they had Vader. Okay. But, yeah. like, you know, like, it was good. It was a great movie, you know. I, I really liked what they did with that. Mm-hmm. And, like, they had, like, all these different characters and the lore building and stuff like that. Like, the Jedi crystals, I think it was, that they were looking for or whatever. It, it was, like, you know, just have a, a series like that with the Mandalorian, you know, it could be a success. I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But I think we are reaching quickly. I think by phase five or six, people are going to start saying, I don't want to see any more Marvel movies. The average Joe yeah. is going to be like... I don't want to see it anymore. Stop. But yeah. whereas uh, people like us were, were more engaged with this, we're like, okay, no, stop now. Maybe stop yeah. 10 years ago or five years ago, but right. definitely stop now and slow down at the very least. Um, hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, I'm interested so, for Blade, so, yeah. So, the, not to steal your thunder here, uh, Sean, mm-hmm. but, like, the consensus... Is is the Marvel Cinematic Universe? You know, it, it, do, should we feel like it should be over? You know, is it indicative that like Phase Four indicative that it, yeah. should, be it should be over? over. Yeah, it should be uh, over. Uh, I know there was a lot more characters they could have explored from the Marvel world with more movies. There's a lot right. more to do, but like, how do you top Thanos? There right. are other characters who are more powerful there's galactus there's eternity there's always they could uh look more into dormammu and his whole hell escape but it's like how do you top thanos in terms of the gravity and impact he brought to the character it's just at this point we're on the downswing and this is just them being like no keep paying attention we still got stuff don't don't look away you know keep giving us money um, but yeah, I would have liked if the MC was just done. Just superhero movies in general. Unless mm. you do something weird with it, like Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Because, honestly, I always find horror as a genre is best when it's paired with another genre. Right. Because it makes it more surprising huh. and makes it more, you know, enticing. So That's that's a good point. Yeah. You know, I, uh, I, I, didn't, I didn't think of it that way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you look at like all these horror movies where like, you know. Uh, that pair like a drama like uh, Hereditary mm-hmm. that's a great movie if it was just a horror movie yeah. it might not have been as good you look at something like Shaun of the Dead or Cap in the Woods that's horror and right. those work really well together or um, Us and uh, Us yeah what, what was the other one called um, Get Out Get Out yeah those two yeah. are really good too yeah yeah. that's a good mm-hmm. point I never yeah I never draw the connection drew the connection yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah that's it, my basic thing I'm mm. tired of it but if they get weird with it, then I'm more interested again. Mix it right. up. Take some risks. For the love of God, please take some risks, Marvel, because I know yeah. this formula that you've been using is working, and it makes for a lot of money, but it's just... I can't have a Big Mac every day. I gotta mix it up, you know? Yeah, um, give me a salad. Give me uh, mm-hmm. some chicken nuggets, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so anyway... And Tim... Jim, yeah, is, is, is that the? Do you feel the same way? 
about it. About there being like too much. Yeah. yeah. Or just any final thoughts you have on the whole phase four thing. I can definitely see how you can get very fatigued by all this. Because I mean, they have been doing it for a while, and they continue mm-hmm. to do it. Uh, as for me, I really didn't get into this stuff until actually somewhat more recently. So I guess from uh, okay. from my own perspective, it's like still got fresh eyes and stars in my eyes. Yeah, you're still in that honeymoon phase. <laughs> still be yeah. new, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I maybe I'm privileged in that way, but I'm not, I guess I'm not, like, turned off like other people would be. Yeah, and that's totally fine, you know? If mm. you're still new to this series, or even if you are a veteran and you've watched every single movie since day one, you still like it, and you're excited, that's perfectly fine. You know, uh, taste is your own thing. Um, it's just for me personally, and I guess for David as well. It's just, yeah, it's been a lot. So, yeah, maybe yeah. like we'll take like a break from it and then come back with fresh eyes, like a couple years to see what's yeah. changed. Mm. Yeah, I agree. So, guys, any final thoughts about the news articles we had today or the Marvel Phase Four? Uh, um, loot boxes are bad, <laughs> and uh, I'm tired of MCU. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's it. Uh, Tim, any parting words for our listeners? Get ready for loot boxes in the next MCU phase. <laughs> oh God! To, like, oh, they're gonna roll for the chance to see each like act of the movies or whatever oh, no. for each episode oh, no. <laughs> I yeah. guarantee they might do something like that some implementation of loot boxes to movies I don't know how they would do it but they'll find a way <laughs> there's like they'll find a, it. it's like on the back of this, in the movie theater and the, on the back of the seat in front of you it's like a screen <laughs> it's like there's a credit card <laughs> swiper <laughs> oh no no oh. Tim please they might don't, actually do that you don't know? give them ideas don't give them ideas do it you know they have it they have it in the planes now you know with the with the credit card reader in oh, the, oh, right. right yeah yeah oh. yeah they have it like they have it like in the you have it on the screen or something and you could swipe your credit card on the on the screen in order to pay for whatever games and whatever on the thing oh. yo don't know <laughs> please no Oh, uh, that would be bad, man. I would uh, hate that. Jokes are real now. That's what's happening. <laughs> jokes right? are real. Yeah. Well, we thought mm. a year, ago, ten years ago, that wouldn't be possible. It's happening, and it's a bummer. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, for me, loot boxes are bad, but man, they feel good to open. Microtransactions <laughs> are even worse, but. You know, they're bad all around. They don't even feel good to, to buy those, to buy microtransaction stuff. They're they're bad all around. But they're here to stay unless you, the consumer, makes a conscious effort not to buy those games. Not just don't buy the microtransaction loot boxes. Don't buy the games that have them. you got to yep. really hit them where it hurts um, yep. because they will survive on what else? Those people who spend like thousands of dollars on microtransactions, whereas the average person might spend upwards of like 10 to 20 uh, yeah. So phase four, 
it looks like it has some good stuff. Overall, I just tired. It's exhausting <laughs> being a comic book fan, and I need to take a nap from it, basically. Um, yeah, so that's it. That is our extra long podcast. We went twice as long as we usually do today. Is it because I was a host? Maybe. But that's what happened. I hope you all enjoyed it all the same, regardless of the length. I've listened to podcasts that are like four hours long, so we'll keep you safe during that commute. Uh, David, uh, where can people find you online? At Xenocreator125 on Twitter, and I'm also writing for King Gamer and uh, Game Revolution, so check me out there too. Fantastic. Tim, where can people find out more about Tim and find more Tim Goods? Well, I'm a bit of a recluse. I do not have social medias, but I occasionally write things on King Gamer, as David does. So you may find me at that place. KingGamer.com KingGamer.com, yes. And as for me, you can find me on Twitter at Gingerbread, that is D-J-I-N-N-G-E-R underscore bread. I'm not going to spell bread, you know how to spell bread. And I'm also writing on Keen Gamer. You can find me there under my name, Sean Rabine. I write reviews and skating opinion pieces about Rockstar. Uh, thank you all for listening. Thank you, David. Thank you, Tim, for coming to join us to talk at length about these topics. And we will see you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye-bye.